in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, January 9th, the final day of the 2022 college football season. And this is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Get your MBA. Feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Find out how that's possible by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're here from 3 to 6 today on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know what better is the big X, Mike Rutherford, back with Trevor Kelsey, TK himself in the house. He, I was going to say, you you came in here looking like you're about to die. I, I, I'm, I don't know. We decided last week that you were on a world museum tour. You spent, uh, you know, one day at the Met. You flew across the pond. You went to the Louvre. You, you were doing all those those things. Actually, I didn't go to any of the fancy. I went to all like the side tro side uh, side road museum, a hipster museum. Tour. Like like I went I went to the world's largest uh, thermometer. <laughs> I visited this. This is the world's second largest ball of yarn, uh, the world's largest mud house. That was cool, except it rained and it, it became the second largest while I was there. Nice, that's a good joke. <laughs> Thank I, you. I enjoy it. Now you, you come in here. I never know when you're when you have these these little hiatuses, hiatai. I, I never know <laughs> what you're going to come in here like because I'm never sure like when you're when, when you got back. A, a lot of times you're chipper, you're chomping at the bit, you're ready to do radio again. You're looking happy to be here, and you came in here and you're, for lack of a better term. Trevor noises were far more noisy than you. Like a lot of grunting. The hair looks, the hair is all over the place. I don't know if it's been washed in, in a week and a half. It just, it looks like you got in back in town like three hours ago. Is this relatively accurate? No, I was trying to think last time I washed my hair. <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, Sunday. <laughs> well, that's not terrible. Yeah. No, uh, no, I mean, it's a little, a little rough. I don't know. I think I got kind of a little bit of a cold bug now already. No, great. I know, but I'm I'm okay. I, you, I feel a little. I sound a little congested. I feel a little you do congested. Sound congested yeah. yeah. Um. So I kind of felt it come, but I don't think it's too bad. I don't think anything's gonna knock me out. God knows, you know, you, you go out of town, you come back, you get sick. I mean, it's it's museum tours. Yeah. I mean, people don't. I mean, seriously. I mean, can, can we can we get somebody to wash the Mona Lisa for God's sakes? Come on. I mean, <laughs> come on, people. Uh, you look. I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like I haven't. I know it's only been a week. But it feels like I haven't seen you all year. It does feel a lot longer because we had the holidays. Like, yeah. First, we had some more breaks then. It, it does feel like you were gone for longer than just a week. And I don't get a props for the uh, all-year joke as well. Because I, I, Good I, joke. I, I, I saw missed you that. was 22. I missed that. Well you done. Uh, your, your beard looks thicker. Does it? Like, have you, have you been letting it grow out more? 
Not really. No. Like I, it looks, especially around like the goatee area. No, it looks I, like like the mustache and the. I it, trimmed it on Friday because we were going out to dinner, so I may have just done a bad job. Because usually you just have like the George Michael five o'clock shadow thing going. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't. I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, you're, you're trying to keep eighty eight alive. Exactly. Always. Yeah. So I mean, but but like today it looks. I don't know. I mean, mine's always gets thick because I'm lazy and I don't shave it to last minute. But I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just the distance I'm, I'm at, or something. maybe okay. I just haven't seen you in a while. Maybe it's the light. I don't know. It's just like yeah, it just looks. It looks a little thick. Like you're going, uh, you're trying to grow a little beard now. Going. No, I don't think it's any different than usual. But have you ever let the beard grow out? Like full. Yeah. Yeah. Like full. When's the last yeah. time you let it like, go out really good? Like last year. Like like pandemic year. Yeah, it was. It, it got kind of out of control. Like to the point where it's like the hair from like is like you, you could like take it across your entire <laughs> lips. Like it's it's so long from one side to the other. Do you start do you start licking your like the mustache or I do. You, know, you, you, right you, yeah. you, you can't help it. I it's, hate it too cuz you're like when did I eat that? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It, it was it, it got a little bit out of control, but I, you know, I didn't I didn't care. I wouldn't see anybody. It was fine. Does, does, does Mary like is she she's okay with I'm sure the 5 o'clock shadow feel. She's fine with it. But was it the full beard is she like anti against that? She thought it was I think she was okay with it. Okay. She was good with it. When's the last time you had a clean shaved face? It's been a long time. Like, is, I mean, you it's been like 2013, 2014. Wow. It's been a long time. Are you just like, is this like a boycott until we win another title? No, it was more like I need to lose a lot of weight before I can shave my face. And, you know, you can see like the, the 15 chins. But now I, I have lost a lot of weight. I guess I could. But yeah. I don't really want to. I don't. I don't, I don't like it. Once you lose your, once you start losing the hair, you're like, why, why I'm forcing the hair? <laughs> the hairline it shapes the face. It sha- and so you lose that shape when you lose it. And you just look like a giant egg if you don't have some hair on there. And so that's what the beard does. It's like every dude who starts losing their hair just grows a beard. You know, you notice that. I have lots of friends who are bald on top of full big beard. Yeah, it has something to shape the face, or else you just look like this. Just the the you look like Darth Vader when he's unmasked. And that's not what you want. You're not that old. That's not what you want. You, you don't want to look like the, the gigantic egg. I always thought it was just like the, I, I know I can't grow hair on the top of my head and it's gone, so I'm just going to grow a beard to show you that I'm not like a complete loser. Now, I started doing it before I started losing my hair just because I got sick of shaving. And I was just like, whatever. Oh, I hate shaving. It's and my dad, hell, yeah. my dad's always had a beard. He actually, the only time that he shaved in my lifetime, the only time that he'd shaved since he's known my mom, it was like my senior year of high school. And we had senior retreat. So I was gone for the weekend and I came back home. And he had shaved his face, and he looked horrible. And it wasn't just—it wasn't just because none of us had seen him with a beard. He immediately, like, immediately started growing it back. Like he—he he was furious. He was pissed off. He couldn't believe that he did it. He looked terrible. And I kind of feel like that's how I would look now if I—if I went full shave. But probably not going to happen anytime soon. But we're happy to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Since you've left, since you've been gone, since you've been gone. Great song. Jeff Brom has been moving mountains. I feel like. So much has happened since I've left. I mean, it really has. And I don't know how much of this, I never know how much you've seen and how much I'm just going to be relaying to you and then you're reacting to it. But we'll get to all the, good. we'll get to all the additions from over the weekend. We'll talk about that today. We had one defector that we'll, we'll talk about. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. We will. I mean, basketball is happening still. Hey, we're covering four straight. That's, you, you ain't lying. I covered, I covered on both uh, Syracuse and, uh, in the weekend, in the uh, Wake Forest game. Wake Forest, Forest one, that one kept me close. It was close. It's, it was close. Look, the, the one-point cover is the new one-point actual loss. That's, <laughs> this is what we do now. This is where we've moved on to. We've got uh, reaction. Good, I'm down 4-2 to, to EMU right now. Okay. They, oh, they won again this week? Yeah, I'm down 4-2. So I, just said, I might have to save this covering cards money just to pay you back you for the lost be, money. You may be in some trouble. <laughs> I don't know if we can get to five at this point. I don't know if we are. Your best not. hope may be a push. <laughs> I wonder, we haven't discussed that. Does that mean he's just paid two hundred fifty, or 
No, I think you just don't pay anything. Okay. Nobody, why would you just pay each other $250? <laughs> I don't know. Why would you just not do anything? What a, what a horrible, horrible solution. This is, why they, this is why I got fired at my casino job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got uh, a preseason ranking for Louisville football that we'll get to. Number Starting two. times there. IU. Oh, they're scared of Jeff Oh, oh you they're can't tell scared. me they're not scared. million dollars to get out of playing us. They're terrified. Of more askings from Jeff Brom. We can get to that. We can have some fun with Scoots there. Uh, Calipari to Texas. The rumors are heating up. We can talk about that. It's not going to happen, but we can talk about that. We've got uh, women's basketball. Get to dub yesterday over Pitt. They're playing a little bit better. They're still kind of having to, to grind out games over inferior opponents. But we'll get to that scary night for Rusty East last night. Uh, again, lots to talk about. But I'd be remiss if I didn't start today. By at least giving a a shout out to my Detroit Lions, they deserve it. You should you should be the happiest man in the studio today. You and and everybody else who is cheering for a team that's in the NFC playoffs, <laughs> because the most dangerous team in the NFL, the scariest team in the the one two three four seed nightmare, is not going to be in the playoffs. I think some stupid tiebreaker game from early October where they gave up forty five points to. Freaking Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but I, I kind of told you before the year this Detroit team could be good. You were you were higher in Detroit than I yeah, was. I, I mean, was higher on the Eagles than you were. And you and, and rightfully we so. We both you, were right. Yeah, and you and you have every reason not to be be high on the Lions. I mean, you you've been burned so many times. I mean, and they started one and six. It didn't seem like it was. It be didn't, good. but the defense came around a lot sooner than I thought it would. I knew the I liked it. I liked the offense from day one, but the the, the, the defense I think started to come around a little bit more in the second half and. Some of the rookies they took, like your boy out of Illinois and so forth, started playing really well. Joseph, so I mean, I, I, now, was, I was happy to see him. I was, I was so upset when Seattle couldn't, when, was, when the Rams say, couldn't do that. It was a bittersweet Sunday, yeah, because I hated the fact that the Packers, who've been worse than us all season long, yeah, oh yeah, they were the ones you who swept them. They were the ones who, we went five and one in the North. We should be in the playoffs, but they were the ones who controlled their own destiny. We needed a little bit more help. The Seahawks Rams game, the fact that. If I look gross, I mentioned you look like you haven't washed your hair. If I look like I haven't showered in three weeks right now, it's because I had to spend an afternoon cheering for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it pained me to my core going into that game. And then when I actually had to watch him try to play competent football, it was the most frustrating thing of all. Remember back in the day when the SEC – the SEC is, is, has gotten better in basketball. Mm-hmm. But back in the day – and when I say back in the day, I mean like five years ago and then for the rest of our lives before that. Mm. When you would watch these SEC teams try to beat Kentucky and you're having to root for like Mississippi State on a Tuesday night, that's what it felt like watching <laughs> Baker Mayfield in a game that you had to have him win to help your team. It was like watching Rick Stansberry try to beat John Calipari or Tubby Smith back in the day. You're like, oh my God, just the thirty, the contested 30-foot or three seconds into a shot clock is not a good possession. What are you I, guys I doing? I don't Kevin Stallings Vanderbilt, but okay. Kevin Stallings at least he there was a period there where he beat UK fairly yeah, regularly, true. yeah. And then he decided he just didn't care about coaching anymore. Yeah, that whole walk against Georgetown just ended his life. God love Tutu Atwell. <laughs> he's doing everything he can, scoring his first career touchdown. He's the only one left on the roster wide receiver. He's doing everything he can to get me and my Lions into the playoffs. And every time Baker Mayfield is called upon to throw the ball, he's like, no. I'm either going to miss a guy wide open on a short throw or I'm going to hold the ball for 17 seconds before I run right into the back of my lineman and get sacked for a five-yard loss. That's all he did. 
until the end of the game where he tried to take a shot downfield and Noodle Arm Mayfield came out and he underthrows Van Jefferson by a million miles and we get intercepted by a former Lion who was on the team last year who swings the entire game. If he throws that ball two seconds earlier, could be six. Who's Lion that got to – who was that? Uh, Quadre Glenn. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that, yeah. And if he has the arm of a competent quarterback, a.k.a. Matt Stafford, if Stafford's playing in that game, it's six, we're going to the playoffs. It just, it broke my heart, because then you get the hope, too, at the end of the game, where they doink the field goal, you're like, okay, here we go, Rams, stop them, three and out, first play, first series of overtime. all you need to do now is kick a field goal, and they can't do anything, and they just give the ball back to you. It was just, it was frustrating, and it made last night bittersweet. As fun as it was to watch the Lions go full-on, like, FTP, blank the Packers, we're going to do whatever we can to keep you out of the playoffs. It was fun, but it would have been a lot better if they had been doing those types of things with a playoff bid on the line. I don't think we would have been able to beat the, the 49ers, but no, you they deserve one more game. You could have given them a game. I mean, anything happened in one game. Thank you, Trevor. I mean, I'm, I'm not— He's I back, mean, folks. It, it can happen in a one-game situation, baby. <laughs> He's back. And I, and I know the Niners are good, but when you have a Brock, when you have Brock Purdy or whomever at quarterback, you never know. Something can happen. He could have a bad game. It could be a low-scoring game. And he's— a, Anything can happen. Now, here's what's going to happen. Now, here's the thing about last night. Okay. Even though I know you went into it, and you, you bittersweet is correct, but the, the sweet part other than knocking out the Packers is that in the 50 years before the, the last night of the, of the Lions organization, been owned. they would have just been just given up and rolled over like uh, uh, into the fetal position and just given up right from the start. I promise you they would have. That team came out there and played like the game was still the, – the playoffs were on the line. They did. And if anything, that is such a great sign if I'm a Lions fan going into next year thinking, all right, now we have two first-round picks as well. We have so much stuff we can move because, hey, the Rams losing maybe didn't get you in the playoffs, but it moved you up another pick in the in the draft. Yeah, it went from seven to six. Exactly. So you moved up a little bit there. You're going to add some nice pieces. you got free agency. Dan Campbell seems to be just, I mean, a, a player's coach that people are going to love, which means a free agent may be joining you. I mean, I'm not saying anybody in particular, but – probably been harder to bring guys into Detroit without overpaying them like they do in Jackson had to do in Jacksonville that before now and you know what I, I'd be pumped Th- this could be the most exciting offseason in Detroit Lions football history since probably 91 I am pumped but now what you just said is what scares me because what you're saying is what everybody is saying they had the Lions had the success in a standalone game on Sunday Night Football what everybody was watching to see you know, some people were watching because there's a billion Packers fans out there. By the way, shout mm-hmm. out to TJ Walker. I saw your Good Night Detroit tweet after the, uh, the Seahawks <laughs> won. Good night, Packers. Enjoy that. Uh, like everybody's watching because they're either Packers fans or because they want the Packers and in particular Aaron Rodgers to lose and see his career go out in flames at Lambeau against a historically inferior opponent. He's coming back next year, isn't he? He doesn't know. He's he's gonna hold the franchise hostage for like three months. I'm he's sure. He's dating the Bucks do- owner's daughter. I think he's gonna stay in town. Well, we'll see. But everybody's watching that game. Everybody sees how fun the Lions are. People loved watching Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. They recognize that they went 9-8. Like, the Lions are going to get more hype going into next season probably than they deserve and maybe more than they have in my entire lifetime as a Lions fan. Like, I've got buddies who I haven't heard from in months saying, <laughs> texting me and being like, am I a Lions fan now? Like, these, these guys are great. And I'm like, Listen, I don't, as a Lions fan, I don't like it. I don't, I don't want the additional hype. I don't want the attention. They were great down the stretch this season. They were so fun to watch. They 
clearly, I think, belong in the playoffs. I hate that they they don't get in despite having the same exact record as the Seahawks. That Carolina games were going to haunt you for all season. Carolina or the the Thanksgiving one. I know it was the Bills, but like they had that. They yeah, had but Carolina's a game you, should, you shouldn't they lose. Shouldn't have Panthers. lost that. Panthers game. are a horrible team. Baker Mayfield also cursed the Panthers. Like he took them out of playoffs. So they, they played that game. For, Baker Mayfield kept three teams out of the playoffs this year. Any any for some Rams, reason, Panthers and Lions, and we all know he stole Lamar's second Heisman. He did. I, I never liked him. Now I hate him even more. And for more. some reason, he's hanging out in the Heisman house where he doesn't deserve. He just breaks in. Boy, those commercials are going to start going away pretty soon. Oh my god, that man! For I some can't, reason, I can't was, take another. I, you know what annoyed? I told you it annoyed me that Oakland had Barry Sanders and Baker being all buddy buddy. For some reason, they somebody saw him as like extremely marketable coming out of college, <laughs> and. He was in a billion commercials despite always sucking at football, and that's going to stop. Those days, I hope he invested that money wisely because the NFL. Ch- and after the game, he has the audacity to say, "I know I'm an NFL starting quarterback." Well, my, no, you're not. I just realized that because he, he, he got shipped around so much this this, this re- during this season, we could have done like a really cool like redone of the maybe the commercials where he's living at Cleveland Stadium, and then we had all those commercials where he's like you know doing the walking around Cleveland Stadium like it's his house and his pajamas and everything. And we could just have one where he just got back and he had like an eviction notice. His stuff's like on the front porch. Yeah, and he goes, and he goes to Carolina. Same thing happens. And like we could do it to be continued. Like the Rams lose this game. It's gonna be Baker coming to the SoFi, and it's like eviction notice. Where does Baker end up? It's like doom, doom, doom. Now that would be a tough sell to his agent, but if you could pull it off, it would be hilarious. It's, it's a great idea. Go to Baker Mayfield. Where is his home next? Dot com and see more. I I like the idea. I think it'd be great. Baker doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be willing to laugh at himself quite that much. But I, I would. If he needs the money in two years, he could do like the whole Matt Leinart thing, where it's like, God, I love college. Remember that commercial that they had? Yeah. I could see that happening if he you know, if the checks stop cashing, but. It was a bittersweet night for the Lions, uh, just a bitter night for the Packers. Also, can I just say it? An undeserved moment for Randall Cobb. They had the, they had like the the fifteen minute shot, tracking shot of Rodgers and Randall Cobb walking up the tunnel together, arm in arm, like arms around each other, and all this stuff. And don't get me wrong, I I understand that they're good friends. They had a great connection. Cobb was a very good NFL player, but like, they're the cameras are following him because it might be Aaron Rodgers' last game, and he's. One of the better quarterbacks of all time, and Randall Cobb is not going to be a Hall of Famer. It just it no. felt it felt like it felt like Mike Bush committing to Louisville, where he's like shouting out Sergio Spencer at the same time. It's like okay, well, I mean, they were showing him because it was like, is will Cobb be back? Only if Rodgers is back. It's like, like this, does Cobb's Cobb's got to be wondering if I'm gonna have a job. That's what he's saying to, to Darren. He's like, dude, come on, man, give me one more paycheck. But the amount of time those focus would made you if you knew nothing about football, you would have been like, man, these two legends. <laughs> walking out into the sunset together. And it was like, not really a deserved moment for Randall Cobb. The camera's not on him because of what he's done. The camera's on him because Aaron Rodgers' arm is around him. But I get it. It was a cool friendship moment. Cobb, from everything that I've been told, is a, is a very nice guy. But I just, I was like, let's, he doesn't deserve to be in the spotlight in this moment. That's all it is. But props to the Lions. <laughs> They're awesome. You just hate Randall Cobb, man. Not really. Never come on the show again. He's never coming on. Against if he was on here before. He's never coming on here. We've got a little stuff to get to here. We'll take your text throughout the course of today's show as well. If you have thoughts, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have concerns, if you're happy about TK being back, if you're pissed about TK being back, let us know at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And a reminder, if you download that Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's, you're going to be treated to a free breakfast sandwich and also a free drink. We're talking tea. We're talking coffee. We're talking 
Fizzy Freeze. We're talking whatever you got over there at Thornton's. All you got to do, open your app, search Thornton's, download the Refreshing Rewards app, become a member, boom, you got breakfast for free one day this week. And then text us at 502-414-1450. Did the text line miss me last week? Um, Yeah. <laughs> Lack of confidence. Uh, I was just trying to think of specific instances. And as you said that, somebody just texted and said, we missed you, TK. What, uh, who, who replaced me last week? I didn't get a chance to listen to much. We had, because we were only on four days. Yeah, because we were on Monday, yeah. Tuesday, uh, we, we had Matt McGavick in on Wednesday and Friday. Okay. Tuesday, I think it was just it was just me and Patrick was working the board. All right. Yeah, Patrick did a good job out here. Patrick did well. Well, he couldn't get us on the first day, and he was freaking out a little bit. And the second day, we also were late to get on, but it was his fault. He figured it out on his own. But it was the first day was not his fault, he said. The second day was his fault. But that was okay. And then Gary did Thursday and Friday. We had Matt McGaffey on here on Wednesday and Friday, and then I was solo on Tuesday and Thursday. But we did a guest-heavy show on Thursday. I won money on Patrick last week. How so? He had to do the high school game on Friday night. So he called me up, and I'm going over everything with him. And this was his first time he's done a high school game on the board. So, I mean, it's, it was kind of like going him in the deep end a little bit. And I'm going over everything with him, and I'm, we're going through it. And I'm like, okay, you got this. And he goes, you know, come call me if you need me, yada, yada. And then my buddy was sitting next to me. He's like, he's going to call you like five times the next hour. I know it. And I was like, he's not. I was like, he's got this. And he was like, I was like, he's like, I was like, the game's two hours long. I was like, I'll put the over under at three calls. And he was like, 20 bucks? I'm like, 20 bucks. Call me once. So you won. That's it. Once, and that was at the beginning of the game because he forgot to check something that was he knew he did. He just kind of brain farted on it. And that was the last call I got from him the whole game. I was like, "Yeah, it's my boy, P Diddy from the, the city, making me money." Well done. <laughs> not that, not, not that jingling money, the kind that folds. Okay. <laughs> Text line says, "Here's the, the response to you." Texas, we missed you, TK. Thank you. Texture says, glad to hear the voice of reason is back on the radio. <laughs> Welcome back to TK as well. <laughs> Texture says, we missed TK last week. Texture says, glad we get back to not talking about sports now that TK is back. Oh, no. We got plenty. Of, yeah. There's plenty to get into that wasn't sports related. Texture says, who's TK? <laughs> <laughs> Texture says, so glad to hear Trevor Kelsey's voice today. We missed you last week, big guy. I'm not sure why, but the show is better when you're on it, despite <laughs> constantly derailing Mike's train of thought. I don't know why either. I don't either. I'm not sure it is, but that's okay. It's, yeah, we might need to see proof of that. Texture says, uh, did TK hang a selfie in, in the Louvre? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you're not supposed to sign the art. The best was, so, like, I was saying that on Thursday or Friday show. The, I think you remember the last museum I've actually literally been to. I can say that. I, I, I don't think that's a huge shocking statement. Like a Hall of Fame doesn't count as a museum, right? No. But, okay. it, but it kind of is. I mean, it's kind of a museum, right? For I mean, sure. If I don't count that, oh my good Lord, it'd be the Science Museum downtown. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering how, and, 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 and God knows, I mean, how many of those little things have been knocked off from the swinging uh, yearly clock in the front of the door? You know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, it's, the, it's a clock. Yeah. I mean, that thing's probably knocked off a bunch of year marks since I've been there. Probably has. That was always a cool thing. I don't that, was, know. that was that's, that's why I bring it up. I remember it still. So I was making that joke on Thursday and Friday about you doing this world museum tour, and the text line was convinced that Gary didn't know it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally read a couple of the texts. Gary's like, "I know it was a joke." He was like, "Just 
He thought it was seriously on a museum tour. He thought it was very funny that people thought that he didn't know what was going on. Texas says, welcome back, Trev. You will be my, will you be in my dynasty league? Sincerely, your favorite bearded Almond Brothers fan. Uh, yeah, I'll be in any dynasty league. I'm, I'm, I'm a slut when it comes to fantasy football. I'll do anything. We know that. Oh, yeah, I'm easy. Texas says, TK was greatly missed. Thank you. Texas, will the, there be a TK protesting act glued to a piece of art video coming out this week? <laughs> have you seen those protesters that have been doing that? No. They glue themselves to stuff? I'm kind of like, I wouldn't glue myself to something. That's just. Not, not on purpose, at least. The best was, I can't remember where it was, but two people, I think they're climate activists or world, which goes to show how great a job they did. I don't even remember what they were protesting. But, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> now, is this the same what purpose they glued themselves to the court in the basketball game? I think so. Yeah, I don't even remember. Was that college or NBA? That was NBA. NBA, okay. Or they tried to and they got caught. It was like the Bucks game <laughs> or something, yeah. But they glued themselves to a podium somewhere and didn't realize that the podium was detachable. So like the, all the employees, <laughs> the, employees do. the employees just like took it and like wheeled them out like the these like behind and there's like a picture of them like we just completely effed up like this was supposed to be much better, but those now, people deserve. If it. I was gonna if I was gonna do something with art, it'd be like the um, who's the guy that no one's ever seen that did like the uh, he sold the painting for a bunch of money and then he it like got it rolled into like a um a paper uh, paper shredder right afterwards and destroyed it immediately after it was sold or I have no idea what the guy did the red balloon painting and then the, the balloon like popped or something right after it got sold I don't know he's like a man, it takes a lot of knows what I'm talking this about a movie no this is like an artist who's like ne- no one's ever seen what he looks like hmm. he's a mystery like wrapped up in a not like me like he's a mystery wrapped up in a bagel you know? so where are you going with that I don't know I just think I'd better be me if I was an artist oh okay I, I, I thought there was <laughs> I thought there was something more coming. I can see me being like really pretentiously artist like a pretentious artist like that. Texter says responsible move by TK to take some time off from work to oversee construction of Trevor Island. Is DoorDash up and running yet? And is there a grand opening date? Uh, the 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 construction is going well. The uh, food court is being installed as we speak. Right now, we're looking at ten different restaurants. So, and all fully employed as well, twenty four hours a day. Um, the uh, the apartments have been completed. Uh, we have a, a car wash made, a uh, strip club, a Kroger. Uh, it's all, all in the same plaza, by the way. Um, it's it's looking good. Apparently, Banksy is the artist that you're talking Okay, about. I told you the text line wouldn't let me down on that one. I've never heard of this person. Yeah, he's I, Google I, him. He, he's never been seen, and he creates, like, weird art. And went a picture of him right here when I Google him. Well, it's not. It's, he's probably got, like, a mask or something on, right? No. No, I swear he's never. He's unknown. That's not really him, maybe. Somebody's lying to you. <laughs> is that, is that, is maybe just a guess that it's Banksy? I guess. I guess where he's never been seen. He don't like knows who he is. I've never heard of this. This is and like, and like, like Google like Red Balloon Banksy then. He like, he made I this. I see pictures of the Red Balloon when yeah. I Google it. Like he has this like weird thing where he creates art and gets sold for a bunch of money and then he just like destroys it immediately after. And he made movie. he makes movies apparently too. Oh, I don't know about that. He got, he was awarded person of the year at the Webby Awards. And he won. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature for a film. Exit through the gift shop, which I have heard of. I've never heard of. Maybe he has been seen. I thought he was unknown. Maybe I'm thinking of. Uh, isn't maybe I'm thinking was the, the the Daft Punk guy? And he's one. No one knows his face either. I have no idea. Because he always wears a mask. I have no idea. Music hey, sucks, though. I guess there is. <laughs> apparently, there is speculation about who Banksy is. Okay, yeah, see and what he's been doing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally unaware of this person. Well, this is, this is what you see. If you went to an art museum like me once in a while, if you, I was more cultured, you, if you were cultured, you know these things. Uh, let's let you know what. Let's get back down to your speed. There's this guy named Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> He did a painting once. 
texture says, did Trevor eat any salads while he was in Paris? Hell no. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> uh, texture says, is the artist, Banksy's the artist he's talking about, watch Exit to the Gift Shop. I, I, I remember hearing about that. that I don't know movie. that. I just know the red balloon thing, and I know, like I said, the painting he bought. And, like, as soon as it got sold, it, like, it, it, something triggered, and, like, the painting drops. The frame was a uh, paper shredder. That's kind of cool. And it, like, shredded the painting right there, and it's, I think it sold for, like, a million bucks. Jeez. Yeah, the, 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 the balloon one sold for a, a bunch of money, too. It wasn't I like this was cheap. I feel like I need to spend some time with the Banksy Wikipedia tonight. And who's who's the, learn about this. The text signing up with this? Who's, there's another one. Who's the uh, the famous, like, street tagger guy that does uh, this, does stuff? I can't remember. The only reason I remember that, though, this person because he's on The Simpsons once. Your requests are just getting broader and broader. <laughs> Who's the famous graffiti guy? Eventually, I'll just be asking for broads. <laughs> Texas, was TK really out because he was secretly recruiting for KP? Uh, I was. I'm, I'm tr- I was actually recruiting for Braum, which shows I was very productive. You're, you're killing it. I'm the, I was out there like, hey, listen. Then I had to stop in Bloomington and be like, do y'all really want to play us? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Need I show you what happens when you go against the Brom? Need I show? Look, look, look at look at Purdue. Look what happens to Purdue when the Brahms leave. Woo! Yeah, they're struggling. I said that's a lot. A lot happened this week. It, it did. It all started. I mean, you had the the whole just the weird thing with Monday Night Football and Hamilton, Hamilton which not. I mean, does it make me a bad person that when that happened, everything was going on? Please like, don't, don't. You don't even. If, <laughs> the way that you're prefacing what you're about to say. I was, I was glad that you weren't around last week. Like, I mean, obviously, I wanted to be be healthy. Like, but like one of the first things I thought was like, thank God I didn't have to like worry about Diggs in my fantasy football team because I went into that game with Diggs, but I already had the game one. And Diggs, I like, if I had gone in that game like down five points and Diggs got four point six, and he got he got called, I would have, I don't know what I would have done. You would have been me because I lost by less than a point because they took away all the points from that game. Oh, no. No. It's okay. Did you not get to, like, to do something with this weekend? No, we just, it, it was over. That's, that's and it. they called you a chance. That's no. Yeah, that's it. I want the name of your commissioner. I want him on the phone right now. I can dial down on his phone. I know that's how to get it. out. That That is ridiculous. Text line, we need to boycott this person's business and home. And let's, 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 let's cancel him right now on Twitter. Texas, I did not miss the Trevor Kelsey show. I liked actually talking about Louisville sports. Yeah, well, hope you enjoyed it. Listen to last week on podcast. Texas says, <laughs> Mike, watch some docs about Banksy. I think he's actually the Bring Brom home guy. That's a good point. All right, let's take a break on that note. When we come back, we'll get into the football happenings of the weekend. Four newcomers into the UFL football program. A couple of them, three of them, I guess, will be eligible for next season. One freshman, two transfers. And then we'll talk about TJ Capers, who? Yeah, boy. Spoiler. He's a big deal. He's a big deal. We'll talk about that. We'll take some more of your text at 502-414-1450. Keep it locked right here on the Mike Rutherford Show. It's 1450 and 
Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. And I've got to hand it to Trevor Kelsey here. It took a, it took one segment for you to turn the text line from so happy to have TK back, happy that he's to just fully like anti-TK. All it took was your brief, not even full DeMar Hamlin take for everybody to just turn against you. What? I mean, oh, come on. People act like you weren't the, I wasn't the only one thinking that. Texas' worst take ever for Trevor, caring more for his fantasy football team. Texas says Trevor's been bad before, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Texas says Trevor's opinions on the Bills Bengals were so much better than I thought going into it. Texas TK comes back and then immediately gets the Rutherford show and himself canceled in the first segment over insensitive remarks about Hamlet. Didn't it wasn't that bad. Well, I didn't see yeah, I saw I'm not like I was I wanted something bad. I don't want to honestly I want him to be good, you know, be okay. I just I like that you have to say that. <laughs> of course, everybody wants him to be okay. But you know, I mean I can't you, you you know, Stop. Don't, don't, don't right throw, there. Look throwing rocks when you're living in glass houses, people. Stop. Because I promise you, every one of you has the same kind of thought in the back of your mind. No. Yes, you they did. No. Human nature. I mean, I was losing fantasy. I didn't. I was fine. Well, and the problem is, I already won. I was just thinking if I hadn't. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how you're taking that so easily. I'd I'd have been just, I'd have been at, like my commissioner's house, just like boycotting. Well, <laughs> I didn't. We've got uh, some of the big some news. Let's to talk about the big news of the weekend, which was U of L football and Jeff Brom going out there and making plays. Just doing what he does. Just doing what he does. And I think the writing was on the wall for the two big commitments on Saturday. We had the, the guy texted in on, on Friday's show and said, look, Jamari Johnson's actually already enrolled in the U of L system. Seems to be a pretty good indicator that he's going to pick Louisville. And this had been, you want the kid to have his moment, but it had kind of been out there for a few weeks that Jamari Johnson had not just been remained committed to the UofL, but that he actually already had signed with Louisville, but wanted to make his big announcement at the All-American Bowl with his, his friends and family around. So that was not a huge shock, but Jeff Brom does keep the four-star tight end who had been heavily pursued by Oregon in the last few weeks, keeps him home. And then the other big news and we can talk about the, the, the transfer players in a second, but TJ Capers on Saturday. I know that this comes hand-in-hand hand with we're almost a year away from signing day, but even if he doesn't wind up signing at Louisville, TJ Capers becomes the highest-rated player to ever commit to Louisville football. Yep. Number five overall in the class, according to, to rivals. Set number seven in the class overall according to 24-7 Sports, five-star across the board, offers from every program in America, Bama offered, Georgia offered, USC offered, Ohio State offered, anybody has offered this kid. He's in Miami's backyard, Miami's all over him, and he picks Louisville on a video feed. Like, there's video out there of him choosing Louisville over Georgia, the team that just won the national title and has a chance to make it back-to-back national titles tonight. That is no small thing. I mean, this kid is... He's 6'3", 230, runs a 4'6", is an outrageous playmaker. He can play linebacker. He can come off the edge. He can do whatever you want. He's the type of kid that Louisville never had a shot with before. And honestly, he's the type of kid that you would think they'd only have a shot with if they had a defensive heavy coach like Charlie Strong back in the day. And that's not Jeff Brom's reputation, and yet mm-hmm. he's still going out there and getting TJ Capers. So, I understand that we still got 11 months to hold on to this kid, that Miami's not going to stop recruiting him, the SEC schools aren't going to stop recruiting him, and that we lost Ruben Owens in a similar situation. But 
it still speaks volumes that you've got this kid making national news for your football program on Saturday. Number five overall, when have we ever been swimming in these waters? And it wasn't, and we we just lost our head coach. You remember? You remember when one of the, like some of the detractors of of why we shouldn't get rid of Satterfield, or I guess we didn't get rid of him technically, but you know he moved on. But was it like how it's going to affect recruiting? Yeah, like this recruiting class coming in, and I know we did lose. Obviously, we've lost some of those big players from that said recruiting class. But not I think, to Cincinnati though. <laughs> not just to, a couple. Of them. Not to Cincinnati not, though. Not the big ones. Not the big ones. And we've lost a couple of just two two other schools. But a, it's a good chance that was going to happen anyway. And b, even if it had happened. Would Sad have been able to replace him in the way that Brom has replaced him? And I know not by the same position, but I mean, you, you lose a guy that's, you know, a, a, high, a high, highly touted running back in Ruben Owens who is top 100, and you replace him with a guy who's top 10. I mean, that's. I, do, I, do I really. I, even I can figure that math out and tell you one's better than the other. Well, he's not really a replacement for Ruben Owens, but I, I see but what, in terms I see what of, you're I mean, trying to Yeah, make. just not. No, by, he's not the by new position. number one guy. Yeah, exactly. Is what and I'm he's. Saying. The highest ranked player we've ever had, and I'm not even going to. I mean, not to include some of the guys he has been able to keep from this class that yeah. already lined up. You know, Pierce Clarkson. I don't. Is more. Do we ever hear anything about more? I, I was out of it this week with recruiting. So well, he's going to Texas. Is he going to Texas? Okay, I think that would that. happen when you were still here. No, it wasn't official yet. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. You you pretty much assumed it was official, but it wasn't. Yeah. Official. Um, I I kind of assumed it too, which is why I was just like I figured he was. That's, uh, but I mean, you, yeah, he's out of Texas before Christmas, Trevor. Are you sure? Yes. We talked. I was like, we definitely talked on the show. It's December twenty second. He signed with with Texas. Really? <laughs> yes. Where was I? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right on this one. Okay, continue. Touche. <laughs> but, but the recruit, the recruits have still been coming in. The excitement is here. I'm just. It's. When is the Georgia Tech game? I can't wait. And you're not alone. Like I really cannot wait for this game to start. I've heard from somebody at U of L that the the increase in Revenue from season ticket sales is in the range of like a million dollars. Like they're Jeff Brom is already helping the school and the this athletic program financially in a big, big way. And just that talk. I mean, we're talking to. I, I come in here early today. And I'm talking with our boss Troy, and Troy's like, I, I'm counting down the days until football season. And that's what I hear from everybody, my friends who've been kind of checked out when it comes to U of football and recently the U of basketball are. Talking about Jeff Brom, I, I'm, you know, people are who I, I haven't talked to in a while are texting like, "Brom's so exciting! Can't wait for the Georgia Tech game!" Like, this is why you go out and you get him because he brings that fan that has been kind of just casually following U of L football since Lamar Jackson left. He brings that person back into the fold, yeah. and it's already starting to happen. And it will happen twofold if you're able to win at a fairly high level in year one, which is certainly possible. Um, given the schedule and given what he's bringing in. Speaking of what he's bringing in, it wasn't just keeping a commit and getting a new commit over the weekend. It was landing a trio of transfer players. The biggest one, I think, is Jamari Thrash, who we talked about on Friday. It was sounding good on that front. You needed wide receivers. You needed big-time playmakers. Jamari Thrash from, from Georgia State is both of those things. He was third in the country last year in FBS for catches for 30 yards or more. He's a big-time playmaker, and he's a guy – I think you say you don't want to just award somebody a starting spot. I'll be surprised if he's not a starting wide receiver on next year's team. He was first team all summer about the last couple of years. He played for a team where passing was not – it was more of a run-first offense. He still put up gaudy numbers. He's super athletic. He's got great size. He is everything that Jeff Brom wanted to find 
in the transfer portal. He's a top 30 overall prospect in the transfer portal, and he commits to Louisville on his visit. Big-time land for Jeff Brom, and I think probably a direct cause, uh, a, a direct, uh, in, in, what am I trying to say? Directly related, related to that was the news yesterday that D. Wiggins is entering the transfer portal. We kind of speculated that maybe that was going to happen. You have a wide receiver. You have 11 wide receivers on your roster with the addition of Thrash. Somebody's going to get left out. Wiggins was not overly impressive in the little amount of time that we saw him last year. And I mean, now, the time I think of him was he dropped like a touchdown pass or something. And I was like, are you, yeah. They tried to target him as like their new deep guy, and it just it didn't, work did now, not work yeah. early on. And this is, I think, who Thrash can become. I don't know if that's relation to I if James Thrash's kid. I don't know. Uh, but he's in the, in the mix now. You've got four now total transfer wide receivers. And then on uh, on Friday, kind of, I guess it was Saturday morning, kind of out of the blue, you get Gilbert Frierson, linebacker and safety, from Miami to commit to the program. And that, I think we found out, was directly related to what happened on, on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Miles Slusher, former top 30 transfer player from Arkansas who committed to us, Chooses to to tuck tail, and he's going to Colorado now and signs with Deion Sanders and, and them. So that was – I don't think that you get Frierson if you keep Slusher, but that was kind of the first hint that maybe those rumors that were out there were legit, and certainly we losing Slusher, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. That's a big loss. He would have been a big-time plug-and-play guy in the, the secondary this upcoming season. But Jeff Brown wasn't done. Uh, John Paul Flores. We love incestuous ACC stuff. We just got a kid from Miami. How about a kid from Virginia? He is – the thing that I love about Flores is he's like 37 years old because he played – The punter? No. <laughs> you'd think. He played at Dartmouth, I think, four years. He was an all-Ivy League player there. All right. He gets the extra year of eligibility because the Ivy League just didn't play football. Uh, his What was supposed to be his uh, junior Senior. season, I guess. Um, so he goes to Virginia – and because Virginia had the you – know, they, they, they canceled their last two games mm-hmm. of the season yeah. after the, the player shooting, all those guys got an extra year of eligibility as well. So we get him now for a, a season. He's like, or two maybe. Who knows? I think, I think this is his last year. Because he's like 27. He, he's got a 401K out there. He's doing well for himself. He's very invested in the stock market, literally and figuratively. And we need offensive linemen. We're losing Caleb Chandler and Adonis Spoon. There's a big-time need for uh, a left guard, potentially a left tackle, if, if Flores can pay that position. So you needed guys like this who are experienced, who have that size, who you don't have to you know, teach how to be an offensive lineman in, in the ACC. And getting John Paul Flores, a nice get there, and a, a nice get at a position of need. So Jeff Brom, to sum up all of this, getting it done. He's just getting it done. Getting it done in the offseason and about to show it on the field. I hope so, because – this is as exciting as this is as exciting as, as I think the fan base has been about a season this is re- did, since 2017. I would say the year after the, the year going after the uh, after the high winter, yeah, going for into sure. that next season, yeah. I think that's where we are right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, right up there. If you, I mean, without ever even, I mean, also maybe with you know Teddy's junior going into Teddy junior year is another one. Maybe I mean, just they're few and far between, and it's right up there at the top of the list without having even coached the game. I mean, ev- that's okay. Every guy that we've seen as a potential transfer that the fan base has looked at and said, man, that would be nice. Brahms got him and gotten him quickly. Kevin Coleman, mm-hmm. who we talked a lot about last week, the big-time transfer from Jackson State, suck on that, Dion. He was a former top 100 recruit, four-star in the 2022 class. He's on campus. You're hearing that he's having a good time. And bam, 
like two hours later, he's committed to L. Like it, it has all happened so quickly. And then to keep a four-star tight end, which has also become a position of need after losing Marshawn Ford and some of the other guys that have been productive for you the last couple of seasons, to keep to to keep him when Oregon is throwing you know, the kitchen sink at him is a big-time deal as well. And I think Jamari Johnson is good enough that he can see the field immediately for you. Uh, he probably knows that and with a coach who is for sure done a good job of getting talent in the tight end position into the NFL. And I love what all of these players are saying about the coaching staff, about how much they love them. And Jamar Johnson is like the new U of L staff. Those are my guys. Like the way that he uses tight ends is beautiful. Whatever Brahm and company are doing to sell this program to everybody who's visiting is clearly working. I love seeing Jamari Thrash sitting next to, um, Brom and Jack Plummer at the U of L basketball game. Although I, I was like, get them out of here. Get <laughs> they, the first 15 minutes, I'm like, get, get them out. Get them out. They, they've seen the arena. They've seen the fans. They don't need to watch the game. Get them out. But it was like, I like that Brom is trying to do that already, where he's like, hey, quarterback, this could be your big playmaker next year. You guys can do something beautiful here. This fan base is desperate to see winning football again at, a, at the highest possible level. You guys go be stars. Just desperate next year. to see a win at this point, any level of any sport right now. Yeah, I mean, we, we we won our bowl game. Let's be fair, we won eight games. That's in football. true. We did. It was not a terrible season, but it just kind of you know it it just felt like. I mean, it won't be a shock to anybody that when, when we're playing for the national title next year, like it is with TCU. <laughs> who, who, by the way, is the fourth team to play for national title after having a losing season the year before? I mean, they were picked seventh in the Big Twelve. Which by which like, who are the other three in that category? I, I I need to look that up. Like. I, it has to be like back in the fifties or something, right? I don't. Even... Well, I think one of them is the the Alabama team that we beat in the bowl game. That they oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, because they won. Yeah, they did. You're right. Gene I Stallings. Yeah, could not tell you the other two, but that one sticks out. I think Colorado maybe has something to do with it. Ninety, maybe but BYU in eighty four. Here's I think now this becomes the the desired trajectory for the program because you've got I mentioned earlier Brett McMurphy from Action Network. I always just say like Brett McMurphy because people know Brett more than action the Action Network. Network. Sounds so made up. That sounds like something you go like you're watching a movie and you're like, now let's go to Brett McMurphy at Action Network it's, on the scene. It's like when Jeff Goodman was working for, I think it was called like Overtime. I would just say Jeff Goodman says, I wasn't going to say like Overtime Network says, nobody knows what the hell that is. <clears throat> but Brett McMurphy comes out with his preseason top 25 for next season. He's got Louisville at number 20. He's got the cards. They're one, they're the third highest ranked ACC team. He's got Florida State at four and Clemson at nine, and then just behind them, he's got Louisville at twenty. I'll take on Florida State. I think Florida State will be good next year. Bring them, but we don't play them or Clemson. We do play. Uh, Pitt is number twenty-two. North Carolina is number twenty-three. We do play Notre Dame, who's also who's in the top fifteen at number twelve. It's the schedule looks good for next season. I don't think. I think here's your desired trajectory if you're a Louisville fan. Have a team that's kind of like that first Petrino team last year, not not last year, but in 2014, where you know they win eight nine games, seven at worst. You're in and out of the top 25, maybe the back end of the top 25. Yeah, you have that showcase game against Notre Dame. That's a great opportunity to beat what should be a top 25 opponent. You take care of the ACC. Maybe you finish with the third or fourth best record. Remember, they're doing away with divisions next year, so it's it's all just one big standing. So we do we have we so we can win the division. And- there's no divisions. Or when, excuse me, win the conference without having to play maybe the two teams that are right there at the top with us? Well, we'd have to play them in the title game. One of them. Well, one of them. But, yeah, if we went like if we went 8-0 in league play last next year, we could have done so without having to play Clemson or Florida State. I'm, and then we'd have to play one of them in the title I game. I think they're lining up here for next year, I think. I mean, I mean I, 
Can I be as bold to say we may be an ACC title game this year? I'm not expecting that in year January, one. On January 9th, 2023, mark it down. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I, I'm saying I think flirt with it a little bit. Like win eight, nine games. Maybe be like right there on the periphery of, of winning the ACC title. And then playoffs expanding in 2024. You may not be ready right off the jump because who knows if Pierce Clarkson is going to be ready to be the guy. If not, maybe you have to go get another grad transfer quarterback. But 2024-2025, if we keep recruiting like this, if Brom develops the guys that we have coming in that are, again, of the caliber that we've never had before, if Louisville can continue to look at, 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 at as like one of the, the hot schools, we're flirting with the playoff in 2024-2025. Oh, I have no doubt about that because I mean, we might be working with an ACC title game in year one. <laughs> <laughs> you just won't let go of it. I mean, the fact that we don't have to play it's the possible. Season, it's possible. I mean, it's, it's impossible. I mean, it, it, it kind of lines up the way Purdue went to the Big Ten title game last year, to where they didn't have to play Ohio State and Michigan and, and some of those schools in the in the right. They got kind of the the, the, the bitter side of the schedule, and enabled them to win their side and go to the go to the Big Ten title game. That's kind of what I'm looking at this year. All I'm saying is I like the trajectory. It's up. Up, up! It's like the the walking man on Price is Right, except we're not falling off the cliff. Again. No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna stop it. Stop yodeling right at the top. And we need this right now. Like Louisville football has been, it hasn't been terrible since twenty. It was not terrible under Scott Satterfield, but it was just whatever under Scott Satterfield, and it was wildly disappointing in the last two seasons under Bobby Petrino. And we, I, I don't need to tell you what basketball has been like. Speaking of Petrino. <laughs> I'll let you talk about that in a little bit. Right. Basketball doing what it's been doing is speaks for itself. We need one of these two focal point sports, one of these two showcase sports to really step up and get back to being nationally relevant. And football certainly seems like it's much, much closer to making that happen right now than men's basketball does. And if it could happen after just this sustained period of blah, that the fan base has been forced to endure with one of its own at the helm. Like we have a chance next fall for this thing to really explode. And for this to feel like Oh four, Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven, like like those times where it was like, we're back on board. People who haven't been caring about football are football crazy. Home games are maybe not sold out because the expanded stadium and all that stuff, but back to the, those types of numbers that where we're setting record setting attendances, we're in the 50 thousands again, like, this is all – it could not have been a better start for Jeff Brom and company. To quote the Sugar Bowl game, could not have been a better start. No, no, no. Notre Dame is the home away. It's at home. I'm, I've got two – I've already made one huge prediction today. Okay. I'll make two. We're going to beat Notre Dame? Well, yeah, in front of a sellout crowd, three-striper. Three-striper game. Three-striper. Now, are you familiar you – you did miss this last week. Do you know who Notre Dame's new quarterback is? Yes, uh, the the Wake Forest, Sam uh, Hartman. Did not fare great the last time he came to Cardinal Stadium. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Maybe the PTSD sets in and we get a third quarter like last year's. I don't know. I'm just saying. I did see they got him. Uh, yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere and signed with him, didn't he? Yeah, I think everybody knew it. Every, people yeah. knew it before their bowl game that he was going to go there. Yeah. Which I'll give him props for playing the bowl game. That's I will too, exactly. Amen, yeah. But I will also hope he throws like 16 more interceptions against us next year. It's nice to see someone with loyalty, unlike Petrino. 
We'll take a break. We'll let you, you, did you talk about that last week? I we did. Okay. We did, but I, I, I will let you get your thoughts out there coming up in hour number two. We'll hear from from Trevor Kelsey on his thoughts on the Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino staff. Oh, good Lord. At Texas A&M. Ruben Owens, if you want to come back, feel free. Don't yeah, worry. Ruben, what are you doing, dude? We'll run it more than they will probably. <laughs> uh, we'll also talk basketball in the second hour because we have to. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big O. Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I mean, come on, Lisa Lisa in the cold jam to start a week? How can you ask for anything better? I do like it. The only thing that I was going to say, because we had Patrick did the show on Tuesday and Wednesday last week, and Gary did it on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> and on, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, that would have been, I know what day, I know what you're going to say. When the Patrick did the opening, and then like the music just like stopped. I didn't even get to, like the all right thing, and he's like stopped, and I was like, well, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> and then Patrick also got very flustered. We had Brett Dawson on the show on Tuesday, and he couldn't get the phones to work, and like we were coming back from it. And so Patrick didn't even say, like, Brett answered the call, and Patrick didn't even say, like, hey, this is Patrick from the Mike Rutherford Show or anything. He just was like, hey, can you hear me? And it was like, <laughs> Brett's like, yes. And Patrick's like, all right, hold on. And, like, just, just put him on hold. Like, I was like, that's not the way that we talk to our guests. That's not how we talk to anybody. <laughs> and then on Thursday, Gary, uh, for the intro, did not play the intro. It was just like a song. It just it was a normal song. I don't remember what it was. Was it the song I wonder I sent in the email? Maybe. But it was like he just played a song for the intro. And then Friday, it was back to the, the – he did the welcome back. <laughs> so we had one day where the intro was normal, which I think was Wednesday. Were you okay with my music through the week? It was good. I liked I, it. I, I, I did Fleetwood Mac on Tuesday and uh, – <laughs> Patrick like texts me. He's like, "Is there any reason why we have all Fleetwood Mac songs?" And I just text back. I said, "Cause they're awesome." You also did Friday. Friday, I got kind of goopy with you. You did a hip hop day on Wednesday. That was Wednesday. Yeah. Patrick announced that at the beginning, and I was like, "There's no way that he has anything post 1998." And you had <laughs> one song, "Q-Tip Vibrant Thing," which we looked up was from 1999. So Q-tip, that Q-Tip, uh, breathe and stop. Yeah. I thought it was vibrant thing. No, it was breathe and stop. No, it was Vibrant Thing. No, it was Breathe and Stop. Well, if it was Breathe and Stop, then it wasn't post-90. It was, I guarantee it was Vibrant. It was his first solo album after he left Tribe. Well, then it wasn't. Because Patrick looked it up. He had the song listed, and it was, whatever we played was Vibrant Thing. You may not have sent it, but we played Vibrant Thing. I know it was Breathe That's the only song I know by a solo career. <laughs> well, that was the one that we played that was post-98. And so you, I, I was technically wrong, but if you meant to make it pre-98, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> but I enjoyed that. Thursday, I don't remember what the, the theme was, but I remember liking the music. Thursday was just random, like, just random songs. And then Friday, I don't know why I felt goofy. I was like, I'm just going to send songs that are the most annoyingly 
most annoying songs that get caught in your head. Like the, uh, I think the I Got a Pocket Full of Sunshine was on there. Like Taylor Swift's Shake It Off was in there. I was wondering what the theme was because it was it a lot was, of songs that I feel like you would have not liked. It was just songs I was like, I'm just thinking the songs that like, because I can't remember what I was doing that day or like the day before. Something I caught in my head, a song I was listening on the, like, the XM radio and something got stuck in my head and I was like, this is one of those songs that's just so annoying. I hate it, but I just can't stop singing it. And that's when I just like, well, I'm just going to do that for Friday show then. Thank you. <laughs> See how many of those songs that get stuck in their head over the I weekend. actually like some of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the same. And also created like a Taylor Swift debate on the uh, on, on the text line <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> what was the what can, was there a debate about Taylor Swift? I don't even remember. It was just like, do you like her? Do you hate her? Like all whatever. It was. It, it happened. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the text line number. By the way, I will take a couple of texts here, and then we'll get back to. Uh, we'll, I well, get back we'll to, we're back to what? I mean, not back to anything. We will talk basketball for the first time today. All right. Texas Alex Jones is reporting that secret Russian agent Trevor Kelsey missed work last week to organize a coup in Brazil and to make a mockery of Kevin McCarthy on live television day after day after day. Um, I wasn't in Brazil. Did you see what was happening in Brazil? No, no. What happened? They, very January sixth ish, stormed all the like presidential buildings. Okay. To protest the that Javier Bolsonaro guy. Who was kind of like the Trump, the Trump of the tropics is what they called him. The Trump lost the his tropics. election. What a great nickname. He denied the election. He's saying it was rigged and all that stuff. And these people who support him stormed the uh, the, the buildings there. So, so you're saying you were not involved in any of that? I was not involved in that. Now I did. This Mike. I hope you're sitting down for this. Okay. I did. I don't know why. It, it may be because it came on after the Eagles game. I actually sat and watched the entire 60 minute interview with with uh, Prince Harry. Oh God. And I started thinking about it. I was like, remember when like when he was at like the peak of popularity. And, like, it was the same time when Wentz was at his peak in, like, 17. Everybody's like, they look alike. Uh, now, look at, like, both of their careers, how they, like, parallel trajectory downhill. This is my one safe haven. <laughs> my wife talks about the royal family nonstop. She knows I don't care. It doesn't stop her. We go out to dinner with friends. She, she and her friends talk about it the entire time. Her sister comes over. She, they talk about it the entire time. I've heard about Harry and Meghan nonstop for the last seven weeks still married right they are so is that what this is all about like i couldn't really grasp I, i'm not it. talking about it. I, this is the no, one I'm, place where i i'm, I'm this, is a, this is a royal family free zone no i want to know i'm like do i have no. to come over and have dinner with the rutherfords to get into this or i mean you, i mary will talk to you about it for 17 hours if you want yeah because i'm curious on some of the details like i don't know what he did like other than just marry an american is that what just pissed everybody off so much i'm not talking about it and like he's talking about getting beat up by his brother and it's in his book i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna read the book <laughs> Texas Mike, have you heard anything on the Wisconsin running back Helix Electric? I have not. Electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Are we recruiting a Wisconsin running We do need another running back. I thought the running back today was the big guy, like Braden something. He's like a 6'2, 230 pound back. Uh, Isaac Garendo. Obviously, somebody else I'm thinking of. Is he visited Louisville this weekend? I guess yesterday. Okay. He'd be, it looks like he'd be a nice addition. We do need another running back. I saw Michigan got theirs back today. They did. We need to solidify that spot. We got an incoming freshman. We've got Maurice Turner coming back, Jawar Jordan coming back. You need one more. I mean, we, we had five scholarship running backs. They all played relatively large snaps last season because nobody could stay healthy. And that's probably going to be the norm. The Texans have requested permission to talk to both the Eagles' offensive and defensive coordinator now. Oh, they're going to take your playoff run. Trying to go after either one. I mean, it's like we're going to see which one will pick us. Texas says on TK Island, DoorDash actually delivers from stripper delivers the stripper from the strip club to your house because we all know TK is not about to walk in anywhere. 
Yeah, they do. And, and they do it all on uh, mo- mopeds as well. No cars, all mopeds on the island only. Why are you saying mopeds? Mopeds. Moped. Pad. No, it's mopeds. It's mopeds. It's not mopeds. <laughs> are you sure? Yes, it's mopeds. Little thing that people ride around in the in the in the in the Florida Keys it's on. It's a moped. <laughs> P E D. A moped sounds like a, some sort of electronic device. It's what it's, it's, it is in, in, in Trevor Island. Oh my gosh. No, no, yeah. All, all that's all you got is people knows. Texture says, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, but Trevor, you need to smoke less sticky icky. <laughs> what did I, I, I don't even know what that's in reference. You know, that's the great part is I have no idea what we can't even decipher what references that's to of why he would say that. We don't. Texture says, Yes, I hope we can we can keep TJ Capers, but regardless, it was awesome seeing that Louisville logo and hat. Around all the other big dogs, great to see. Not just being around them, but being picked over them. Now he'd be a freshman in twenty four, right? Correct. Yeah, he's, so. he's still got a senior year. So, of high so to go. long story short, if we have a good year, like I don't know when the go to the ACC title game, there's there's a there's a very good chance that that commitment will continue. Whether unless he's just more, he just get, Miami's offering so much money, he can't say no. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's when you talk to him. Well, not, well, have like you talk talking. to him personally? I was going to say, I set that up like I've yeah, talked I to like, him. When you, when you hear y'all him talk. Out, y'all talk royal family. <laughs> when you read these interviews with him, he keeps bringing up the fact that he likes the way that the linebackers are used in this defensive system that is apparently coming here from, from Purdue. Purdue yeah. I don't know if it's that or if it's NIL stuff or, or what his intrigue. All I know is I don't care. Like, like If he comes here, it's clearly a massive deal. And if he doesn't, you still already gotten a nice little bump from just the, the name notoriety. Um, Texture says, uh, what's the deal with Aiden Robbins? Whatever happened with him? He entered the portal from UNLV. The last I heard, I thought he was going to BYU. I don't know if that's official. Or... Staying out west right now? I guess. Oh, what, a, what a weird go to Vegas to BYU. I don't know if that ever became official. but I, I mean, remember. that's, 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 that's going to be a drastic change of scenery. He is going to he's going to BYU. That's insane. That yeah, that's a you're going from it's a, a culture play, change. I mean, you're going from Sin City to a place where you can't even have sex. It's the most extreme culture change that I think you can have in college athletics. I think that that's safe to say. Like normally, it should be the other way around, right? You like get out of BYU and go to Vegas. Like, did he like did he like is he cleaning his act up? <laughs> yeah, you want to get in the hot tub like after you're in the pool, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> This seems like you're doing the opposite. Texas, I was nervous the direction that TK would take your uh, Brazil January 6th prompt, but very relieved that Prince Harry is what he came in eager to talk about. <laughs> I still want to talk about Prince Harry. I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't know Brazil had elections. I thought they just like still just like had like, you know, people take over like warlords. You thought in Brazil <laughs> that warlords just took over. For power, yeah, yeah, and just take over. No, they have they have elections. No, they had elections still. Didn't I, the second part of that text? Was so the, the way they ran the, the, the World Cup. I could. How am I supposed to think that? The second part of that text was the Kevin McCarthy stuff. Do you have any idea what that was about? Kevin McCarthy? So no. Like, is that Paul's brother? Yes. This is like Jackson Jackson Mahomes. Exactly. He's Where t- do I know that name? Where do I know that name from? He's a TikTok star. Kevin McCarthy is. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. No, he's not a TikTok star, Trevor. He's the new Speaker of the House. No. I, thought that was a, I thought the woman was Speaker of the House. Well, Nancy Pelosi was. Then no, were... but I thought they gave it to the hot girl from Colorado. <laughs> is that Lauren Boebert? Whatever, yeah. I thought that's what I saw on the TV. They showed her. I thought it was the hot girl from Colorado. No. 
Kevin McCarthy is the new Speaker of the House, but it took 15 votes to get there. It was a it was like wild eight, ride, Trev. It was like eight days. Where's Kevin McCarthy from? Uh, where is Kevin McCarthy from? This isn't like some like. Are we going to like go into like McCarthyism again? Are we? I, no, <laughs> very much no. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy is from mm-hmm. California. What was that? Mc- oh, good lord! I'd rather taking the hot one from Colorado. Well, he's a Republican. A Republican from California, really? Yeah, they exist. They're few and far between. Eh, not at the state level. <laughs> I don't know. California still has backwards with their mindset. Texture says, uh, hey, y'all, what happened to Rusty's? We can't talk about that briefly. I'm curious, too, because you said that, and I didn't know what you are talking about. So Rusty's playing for the Rams in okay. last in yesterday's Seahawks-Rams game. He got hit in the like basically the throat and got taken to the, the, the hospital with a pulmonary contusion, basically like a, a bruised lung almost. Wow. Uh, he was in stable condition. I haven't seen anything from him today. I know Sean McVay after the game said that he was in stable condition, but he – was going to stay at the hospital overnight still. So originally they said it was a chest injury, um, but it, it turns out to be the pulmonary contusion, which is a lung injury due to blunt force trauma caused to the chest. So scary for him, but sounds like he's going to be just fine. That would suck. That would suck. But he did. Props to Rusty East, by the way. He goes from oh yeah, maybe the most maligned Louisville player during his time here to first team all Big 12 at Kansas State mm-hmm. to – draft pick, making a roster, and now getting snaps for the reigning Super Bowl champion. Props to him. So happens when you get out of Brian Brown. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Texas says, I think Clemson would actually be a bigger culture change, all sins to no sins. I don't know. BYU just, I mean. Clemson might be worse than BYU. (laughs) I mean, I guess with the coaching staff, because I don't know if BYU's coaching staff is so gung-ho with the religious stuff, but. I mean, the city you're in itself, I mean. Well, you do have the school that has the, the the code. Yeah. That you have to abide by or you get kicked out, i.e. Brandon Davies. Yeah. So that would be different. Like I, I, Clemson, you know, I'm sure Dabo has certain standards that he upholds, but you can probably do whatever you want when you're on campus, away from the football well, stuff. I.e. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, that's not exactly <laughs> Texas Banksy was mentioned as the designer of the glass dock in Glass Onion. Yeah, that reference, I guess, just went over my head. I no it was idea. the the what? He got referenced in Glass Onion. They said he was the designer of the glass dock. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Texas I actually watched that again the uh, over the week. It's because I was uh, we were sent. To, I was in a hotel with uh, my buddy, and he was like, he hadn't seen. It. I was like, let's watch it. And we watched it. I liked it. Yeah. Texas Brom is making herd U of L dollars. At first, it was set. Then it's added ticket sales. Now Brom scares IU into paying us millions back to into backing out of their series. Let's talk about that for a second. So. The story, there had been, we had a text on Friday show about, I'm hearing Indiana's trying to get out of the football series. And I was like, I've got no idea. It gets written about from both sides, media members from both IU and from Louisville. Rick Bozich uh, wrote about it on Saturday. That Indiana is actively trying to get out of this three-game series with UofL football that starts this fall. Now, the only thing that I've heard from Louisville is that there's no way we can get out of this year's game. No, it's impossible. The game is set. There's a date. It's the... The, the third week of the season. Yeah, no, that's not happening. It's at Lucas Oil. Like, what? We, we can't replace them with anybody. They can't replace us with anybody. I do think it's more likely than not that we're going to not play them in 2024 and 2025, which they'll have to pay us a million dollars for to get out. But what a just tail-tucking move. Uh, I'm sorry, you got your ass kicked so much by Jeff Brom that he was at Purdue that you just want no part of him at Louisville? What do you do? Come on. I mean, this is something this is something, this is something Cal does in basketball. 
I mean, don't, don't be, don't, don't be cow in basketball. Yeah, you okay? guys get so mad that he won't play you in basketball. Yeah, and then you sit here and do this. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, hello, pot. I'm kettle. I mean, it's and you're right. At least I guess if they're going to have to play the one, at least it's the neutral site one first. I suppose. I mean, it would have been, it have really been kind of bleepy if they'd been like, okay, we'll do this year, but that's it. And this is the one year we like we go to their house. Yeah. And then we don't get a you know return game or at least neutral site. So at least it's a neutral site game this year. But I mean. I mean, it's nice to get the million bucks from them per game, and it's it's fun to be able to look at them and laugh like you're Nelson, you know, that because they're basically just like you said, running with their tail between their legs and scared to play us. But I wanted to play them. I mean, I, I'm I don't know if you you've learned this about me yet. I'm big on like you know you geographic rivals. I do, and I want so I mean, I was excited to keep them on, have them on the schedule, you know, and for them to just kind of tuck and run and it's like seriously, Tom Allen, I thought you were a man. What kind of man does that? I feel, I, I feel, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a Lawler and uh, Kaufman. I was like, what kind of man are you? So Indiana will, they'll pay us $2 million to get out of this, apparently. million a game, yeah. I, I'll be perfectly honest, I don't really care. Like it, It's a weird look for Indiana, but I am not gung-ho on playing Indiana in football. They do nothing for me. It's a win that would be nice, I guess, but it's not going to bolster your playoff resume or your whatever resume that you're trying to build in any season. We can replace Indiana with a similar program. At least with Indiana, though, it does say Power Five conference on the when you're talking about Power Five with like people. I mean, you can obviously be like, you know, well, one of them is Indiana, but when you're looking at it from abroad and from far away, it's going. It's another Power Five win. Well, let's go play Northwestern. Well, that's I mean, fine. I mean, yeah, that's get, cool get them on the schedule. We, I mean, at least uh, do, they, do they have any cojones? Pat Fitzgerald, come on, come on, Pat. He's taking, yeah. all, he's taking on all comers. He doesn't care. Bring it. I mean, clearly Tom Allen is, is lacking a pair of stones. So I mean, what, what, someone has to have some. It's a. I understand what Indiana's trying to do. They're trying to. Ironic, Avoid getting whooped. Well, I, I pretty much, but yeah. ironically, they are. They're taking the UK approach to football scheduling, which is not the dumbest thing in the world. No, it's not. And they're not the first to do it either. Winning been, football games is cool. The fans like it. They may not like it in the moment because it's it's not an exciting W, but you telling me a UK fan doesn't like to point back to how many years they've been bowl eligible, how many times they've won six, seven, eight games, you know, the double-digit wins, and those probably don't happen if they're more ambitious in their non-conference scheduling. Like They haven't lost a non-conference game. They have the, the longest non-conference winning streak in America because they don't they play us and a bunch of nobodies. And, you know, there's a joke. You guys are the nobodies too. Recently, you guys have kicked our ass for sure. But – Mark Stoops also has that in his contract where every time he wins eight games, he gets, I don't know, a billion dollars or whatever it is since he's like the sixth highest paid coach in all of college football. It's easy to mock. It's not dumb. It's because at the end of the day, you can complain about playing Murray State in the moment. But when you look back at the 2015 season or 10 years from now, when we look back at next year's season, all you're going to remember is the record. You're not going to care. You'd rather be nine and three with a win over Murray State than eight and four with a loss to, I don't know, Alabama on a oh, neutral yeah. field. Yeah. Like, it, it just it makes sense. I don't, I don't fault them for it, but it does kind of look crappy when you're doing this in the 11th hour when, this, when the contract is just about to kick off. Well, on top of it, you've had, what, this was signed in like 14, wasn't it? 15? It's, been out, it's been out there for a while. I, yeah. I don't think it was that early. I think it was, I was on radio when it happened because they had the basketball deal first. And, and the basketball's the, already been played. The basketball's been played, and then the football was going to take into effect, but it was all signed at the same time. Yeah, so let's say for – because I want to say it was it's probably been close to 10 years. 
No. Wasn't it like 15 or 14? It was like 15 or 16. I was maybe? on the the other radio show, the, the, the 93.9 one, which started in 15. So it was it was right 15 or 16. Okay. So let's just say, okay, so seven years. So for, for seven years, they have had no worries about this. Exactly. That's the thing. And then suddenly, uh, two months after we bring in Jeff Brom, suddenly they have a problem? I mean, hell. Five weeks after like a, a clear, clearly Satterfield wasn't striking any fear into them wanting to cancel this series. It's tell a, you something, Cincinnati. It can be the smart thing, and I thought Crimson Quarry, they the, the SB Nation Indiana site, they kind of wrote this where it was like, it's a bad look. Yeah, it's the smart thing for us to do. Like we're gonna get some bad press. Yeah. We're gonna get made fun of, which we're doing right now. But at the end of the day, like we need to do what's best for the program, and canceling the series is the right call. But yeah, the timing of it makes it look worse than it would have been if they had said two years ago. Hey, that series that we're about to play three years from now, we'd like to get out of that. And I, I don't know if any of this is also preparing for life in the expanded Big Ten. It might be like you're, you're seeing maybe this being a preemptive move that Kentucky's going to make when the SEC expands and they've got more conference games. I, I don't know, but like you said, to try and do it eight months before the first of these three games is going to be played makes you look kind of sad, and it'll be. A, more embarrassing if you get blown out by us in Indianapolis on September 16th. I think is when that game's going to be. I mean, I knew Indiana liked to wear stripes, but I thought they were red, not yellow. Uh... (laughs) I would be on 52 nothing in this one game now. Texture says, uh, correction on the Virginia thing, only seniors with no remaining eligibility got the extra year from Virginia. Okay. So that still would apply to to John Paul Flores, who's got the... Is it Brandon Armstrong? Did he transfer? He's transferring to NC State. Of course he is, because we've got we can't we can't go outside the conference. You can't go. Outside I feel like the, the conference is like the dating relationship at a, at a, at a restaurant. You, you never worked at a restaurant, I guess, did you? I, no, but I've you've like you've any, made this yeah. Anyone's worked before. at a restaurant, you know that you there's always everyone's dating everybody and somebody's doing everyone's doing somebody in a restaurant. It's always like in confined in that restaurant. That's how the AC football feels. It's that or like. Royals from the 10th century, where you just you had to marry somebody from your family. family. Like you can't go. You you only met met seven people in hey, your you life. Brought, how are you allowed to bring up royal talking? I can't. Well, that's not the the modern royals who have okay. no bearing on anybody. They shouldn't. Texture says um, we have to start charging TK twenty dollars for every absolutely incorrect statement that he makes. You could afford new streaming hardware. <laughs> what did I say that was wrong? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. I thought I've been pretty much spot on all day. Oh no, was it the DeAndre Moore committed when I was on my break, and it was before Christmas. I swear I don't remember that. You told us that happened before Christmas. Texture says, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, Rusty used to play at UofL, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he also played at UK, technically, right? Texture says, quote, Kevin McCarthy, you mean Paul's brother, has me rolling. Texture says, Kevin McCarthy is from the league. That's right, he was. Texture says, 2-2 with a TD yesterday for the Rams. He tried. He just couldn't over come the force that Baker Mayfield is. Texas says Watson went to Clemson. Come on now. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh, this is a roll call text. Sorry. I'll, I'll leave it alone. KRC text. KRC. They're fired up. They got the Calipari to Texas stuff going on. Who's going to be the, who's going to take, who's taking Cal's spot now? Who's the coach they want? Kenny Payne. Because all during, all during Gillespie's two years, regardless of the success he may or may not have had even in year one, you saw UK like wanting Cal the whole time, right? Yes. It was uh, in a similar way. To, a similar way to last year with our football team. Everyone here, you know, I mean, not everyone, but a majority were still wanting Braun, and we got it. But like, so if you're wanting Cal out, that's great. But you you got to have someone to replace, right? You just can't be like, I want him fired. 
I mean, yeah. are they are they willing to forgive Chris Beard already? I mean, no. He, uh, Beard lands another pop. I, I tell you, what, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, so we we can get into this stuff because I do think there's some interesting things to be said there. Real quickly, we'll take a couple more texts and then we'll throw it to break. All right. Um, the DeAndre Moore thing was wrong, but I was talking about quote, didn't they nominate the hot girl from Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> Texas Mike, your Lions. I don't know her name. <laughs> Lauren Bobert. Who cares? Texas Mike, your Lions don't. Uh, your Lions deserve a playoff spot. Agreed. Agreed. Texas says, um, Mike, not gonna lie, you're gonna have to step up your game. I find myself switching to coffee and company way too often. That's fine. Oh, I hate having to go against Nick. I know. We love Nick. That's that's okay. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come we, back, we need to talk to Nick about breaks. That way we can like you can listen to us during his commercial break. Well, I don't know if you've seen the text. We're gonna have to start the show earlier now. Why is that? Um, Troy, our boss wants us to start at three. Okay, so we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get in here like five minutes earlier. I'm already here five minutes. I know. Earlier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, have to just, you have to come in. We're gonna make it. It's gonna be five minutes. Early. So if you've been listening to the show, if you've been starting to like, you, you've gotten yourself in the habit of turning it on at three o five. We're gonna be on at three from now on. Starting well, we tomorrow. Gonna, so how are we gonna do breaks? Then we're gonna, I'm confused. Well, you're gonna have to figure it out. That's why you get paid the big bucks. It's on you. <laughs> we get paid. Yeah. I got to figure that out, too. There's something else I got to worry about. I know. About. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk a little hoops. We can talk about the Kentucky situation with John Calipari and also what happened to Louisville against Wake Forest on Saturday. And then we'll hear your thoughts at 502-414-1450. Rutherford Show rolls on after this on 1450 The Big X. all the time. I don't know if I've ever seen you get that into a song. Is that genuine or just earworm or I think you know at the time when when Living the Vida Loca came out it was annoying. And now you're into it. I look back at it and I'm thinking this is a I was wrong to be hated cuz like Poppy's day like Billy Eilish stuff is the like boring and depressing and sucks. Like this is good pop music right here. This is I mean granted I think if you listen to the lyrics it's about a woman who's very evil and apparently does a lot of bad things to poor Ricky Martin. And even in the chorus, I feel like he's just like talking to the cops, describing her. He's like, she's got lips of fire and her skin to color mocha. She, she took me out and made me take my clothes out in the rain. She put a bullet to my brain. I mean, See, but, but yeah, it's a good, it's a fun song, man. How do you not, how do you not get pumped listening to that? Come on, man. You're one of those people who in the moment... All right, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> you're one of those people who, in the moment, like nothing is cool, and then 20 years later, you're like, you know what? Actually, like, I guarantee all the stuff that you love for the 80s and 90s at the time, you were like too cool for it. 
So tw- I can't wait for 62-year-old Trevor to be singing the praises of Billie Eilish and how she was making real pop music with real meaningful stuff in 2022, and you just didn't like it at the time because you were too cool for it. No, first of all, there's there's stuff that comes out that I'm not too cool. But I was I got into Lord the one hit when she had her one hit wonder. Oh my god, not again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean. I guess I wouldn't say I was I hated it, but then again, when, when this came out, I was like 18 years old, so it was a, it was a different Trevor. You were into Ricky Martin when he came out, weren't you? No. See, you thought you were too cool for it, but now you listen to it, and it's like this is fun. It's a cool song. No. You know, I, like, I still think I'm too cool for Ricky Martin. Yes. Oh no! Come on, Menudo. I mean, living the this is it's a catchy, fun song. This is exactly the type of song I'm talking about. That you like, you don't want to hate. You want to hate it, but then you you end up finding yourself listening to it and singing along to it, and then you find it stuck in your head for days. I agree with you on a lot of those songs. That's not one for me. I just I just think it's I don't like it. What, just, what do you got against Ricky Martin, man? I just don't like that song. What other songs that Ricky Martin have? <laughs> oh yeah, it's she she booms or she bangs she, she bangs. bangs. Oh, I mean, not like it. basically the same song. Yeah, I mean it's it's I don't I wouldn't call Ricky Martin a one hit wonder, but he's kind of like in that borderline area. Because this is the one song that only people are going to remember him for. Yeah, I mean, he... I think I'm, he, I'm assuming she bangs, and he probably had another song that probably... Oh, he had Shake Your Bomb Bomb. I'm sure he had songs that... Shake Your Bomb Bomb, Shake Your Bomb Yeah, I'm sure he had songs that charted. The they, they probably charted, but just because they charted doesn't mean he's not so one-hit wonder, and this is the one hit. I think that's exactly what it means. That no. It's not a... He's not a one-hit wonder. Well, but... Ta- I guess by definition... Just yeah, because but, the Beatles had say, all those number one albums yeah, but, and songs but, 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 doesn't mean they weren't a one-hit wonder. Oh, he's dying. He's lost it. With the, the, the Troy gave me a piece of candy at the uh, during the break. I was like, "Ooh, piece of candy." Um, no, I mean, but Beatles, you can't. You can name all these other songs, but you just know. Point out Ricky Martin. I'm like, did he have other songs? Yeah, they were probably top ten songs too. What were they? I don't know. People all know I know she, is "Living La Vida Loca." People know "Shake Your Bon Bon." And I she didn't bangs. know that one. I just know she bangs. Well, you don't know anything about these people. Apparently, I know. I, don't know that. I knew he's in Menudo. I mean, everybody knows he was in Menudo. Did, did you really? Yes. Do you know anything about Menudo? I know it was a band. <laughs> it's a boy band in Mexico, yeah. Yeah. They kick you out when you hit puberty. I literally only know them because of Ricky Martin. Well, I knew him from the 80s, but yeah. I did not. But my point is, I don't like Ricky Martin's music. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just I'm saying, sure you're like all music, man. but this is a... <laughs> I don't care for the song. What song doesn't care for you? apparently, that's why, because you, you're not living La Vida Loca. I'm not. You're li- you're living you're leaving La Vida boring. You're not wrong about that. You're just not cool. You just you gotta get some sp- some fun spirit in you, man. Come on. One day I'll be cool enough to like La Vida Loca. I want this song to play while we're like blowing out IU. Like, come on, this is a perfect song to put. Like I'm sure like. that's why Pierce Clarkson's coming to Louisville so he can hear "Living La Vida Loca" as he's suiting <laughs> up against Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium. Hey, the, the recruits are now today probably do have no idea what this song when even born this song came out, so they probably do like it. I don't think they do. I'm taking a bold <laughs> stance against you there and saying that they don't. I can't believe you don't like Living La Vida Loca. I don't. You're such a hater. Yes. <laughs> I don't like that song. By the way, the Lions uh, offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, who called a hell of a game last night, is apparently being interviewed for the Texans head coaching. Team. That's all right, because Deuce Daly is your real offensive coordinator. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. I don't like this news. I don't care for this. We don't need Ben Johnson going anywhere. This is what I'm talking about. They get, they're getting too much attention now. I don't like this. I don't like any part of this. That was his first year as OC with you, wasn't it? Yes. I, I want to fly below the radar for as long as possible. Now, 
let's talk about we, we, we have successfully steered clear of basketball talk for an hour and 40 minutes. So <laughs> a new record, but we do have to talk about the fact that UofL on Saturday takes on a, a Wake Forest team that stylistically was so different from Syracuse on Tuesday night, but sort of the online profile, the, the statistical profile, very similar. A f- okay, not great team, probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. A couple of good wins, a couple of bad losses, 10-5 and five overall record. Bottom 100 of the Ken Palm rankings. I think they were like number 81 going to the game. Another team that, by the way, beat us and dropped in all of the analytical rankings, which has got to be not great. In a story that is becoming all too familiar for UofL, at least in ACC play, we get just destroyed in the opening two segments. Nothing's going right. With 11 minutes to play in the first half, we've got more turnovers than points. We're down, I think, 24-7 to is, is the score that I remember standing out. And they finally wake up a little bit. They show a little bit of fight. They're down by 17 at the half. They stage a comeback. They come all the way back. They get it to within three. They can't get over the hump. They give up a wide-open three, which has kind of become their M.O. defensively, and they end up losing by eight. But they do cover. Four straight cover. Yep, get nine and a half. Back, nine and a half back, back games this week. I think this was the first game, though, and you knew this was going to happen at some point if the – the losing just continued. I think the fan base can see that the team is getting better. I agree. I think they like that they fought back after getting smacked in the face the last several games. Mm-hmm. But this was the first weekend where I think that the the apathy kind of started to set in. The mood inside the KFC Yum Center, it's been wildly supportive all season. And when the when they were making the run, it was very loud. It was a hostile environment. Steve Forbes talked about it after the game. But in the opening 10 minutes or so, it was as annoyed as a crowd as we've had all season. Like You could just tell it's starting to build up a little bit. And this is my fear with the two months ahead. We are 0-5 in the ACC. We're 2-14 and overall. We've still got 75% of our conference season to go. Like These are going to be a long two months. I do think they're going to win a few games. I think they'll, I think they'll win two, three, four games. I like that because I can set them down 4-2. I know. I, I, I'm sticking with my prediction of three, but... Two wouldn't shock me. Four wouldn't shock me either. They'll they'll win some games. They'll be competitive in some games where they probably shouldn't. And they're probably going to take a, a few more lopsided losses. But the losses are going to keep piling up. And there's going to be nothing for this fan base to get very excited for until the spring gets here and we're able to you know, go out and get some transfers and, and hopefully kill another recruiting show and all that stuff. But I think that you're starting to see, for the first time, people are just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I, really? Now, I, now you're at that point? But, like, as for just just watching the games. They're like, I I'm, I can't watch. I'm leaving. I'm making plans during games. I have friends who are making plans during the games. You know, I have friends who, like, forget their games. It's really starting to set in that everybody is just ready to turn the page. And even in bad seasons in years past, even last year, as much as we hated the situation we were in, the fans were still engaged to a point. They still were hoping that we could string together some wins see who was going to be good. There still was definitely talk and enthusiasm about who the next head coach was going to be. And now it's just kind of like we can't turn the page fast enough just to get through this. Whatever it's going to be, whatever these two months hold, I don't really even care at this point. Let's just get past it and hope for something better, whether it's you know the dream that some people are holding on to of Kenny Payne not being the coach next year or the dream that other people are holding on to of landing some big-time recruits from 2024 transfer portal, whatever it is, whatever's next, the fan base is ready for it. And it's going to be it's going to be a long two months, man. 
It's gonna be a long two months. Oh, a lot of, a lot, a lot of football recruiting talk. To, a lot of Ricky Martin stuff. A lot going of Ricky on the show. Martin going on. There. A lot of Ricky Martin debate. <laughs> well, there is no debate on that. I mean, it's, come on. There's debate. He's living the vida loca. Um, I just, I don't, I, I hate, and one part of me like feels like you're probably right, and the other part of me is like hates the fact that you're probably right because this team, despite yes, losing the last two games over the week, like I was gone, for example. But both, you, if you, you can see the improvement in there. Like, because again, go back to Maui. Like, sure. That, 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 that Maui, you take this team in that Maui situation and get in on Saturday and they lose by 30. I mean, they give up. They don't try. I mean, they're down eight nothing in the, before the first TV timeout. You know, hunt, you know, you've got three turnovers, zero points, and you're already having to call a timeout because you're down eight nothing. It, it just, that team probably would have just, Two months ago, folded, and that's mm-hmm. at least a good thing. I mean, you got the progress. I believe is it, they're taking baby steps at a level that even Bill Murray can't move that slow, but they're still going forward nonetheless. You're definitely right. I mean, that's got to be a good thing, right? I know it's not at the pace that you want it to be, and you're probably used to, and probably should expect in basketball in terms of improvement, but it's still there. I think you're right about all that. And I think that there's a first. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I think that if you're looking for, and I'm repeating myself, if you listen to Friday's show, if you're looking for something tangible to point to right now and say, this is why I think Kenny Payne's the guy, because you don't have it with wins and losses. You don't have it with recruiting. You don't have it with transfer portal stuff. You don't have it with, I can tell that they're getting better because they're winning games. Like we still don't know how to win. And Payne said that right. after the game. And I do want to talk about his post game comments a little bit more in a second. But if you're looking for one thing right now above all else to say, this is why I think it can work. You've had more losing through 16 games than any team in the modern era of Cardinal basketball. You've had every reason for this team to just give up and quit. You've had reasons for players could have transferred midseason. Players could have voiced their concerns about the coaching staff on social media. Players could have done what Malik Williams did after you know, last year's game against Notre Dame where, where he, you know, he got asked, you know, are players listening to this coaching staff? And he was like, no comment. You haven't had any of that. you still got two months to go. That could still happen. You could still have some dissension behind closed doors. The dysfunction from last season could rear its head again. But as of right now, it hasn't happened. The players still seem fully bought into what Kenny Payne is teaching them, the, the culture that he's trying to build. They play hard for him. They, they do. They, they've been playing harder. There are stretches where they still go out there and they look like they don't care at the beginning of games. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know why we can't get that fixed. But they have not quit in games in the last few weeks, which is not something you could say in November, December. And if you want to say, hey, that's the message being sent, that's the message being received, that's the culture being built, and wait till you see what happens when we learn how to win and we get better players in here moving forward, that's the one thing that you can point to. Having said all that, this is still a team losing at home to ACC teams that are probably middle of the pack at best and aren't going to the NCAA tournament. It's not cause for extreme celebration that we're not losing by 30 to 10 and 5 Wake Forest teams or 9 and 5 Syracuse teams. But you still you can't deny that improvements being made. It's I, we end up in the same cyclical thing every time we talk about the basketball. I, I don't know how to talk about this team because everybody acknowledges that we've never, we've never been two and fourteen. We've never been zero and five in conference play. We've never dealt with anything like this before. 
but it's not as bad as it could be. Like, it, it, like it's not cause for celebration, but it, it certainly could be worse, which is weird to say about a team that's 346 in the net right now. Well, you're right. It could be worse because you mentioned, you know, the Notre Dame post-Notre Game interview last year with, with Malik. I mean, I I feel like if that was going to happen at any point this year, it would have already happened, though. Like, I just I, I just can't imagine now. I mean, maybe. I hope. I, yeah, you're right. And I could be wrong. Maybe they lose, you know, to Clemson. On, was Wednesday's Clemson, I believe, right? Wednesday. The only 5-0 and team in the ACC versus the only 0-5 team in the ACC. Oh, sounds like a perfect win, right? Sounds perfect. And, we, and this team desperately, just because of what the record's going to look like, and the fact that you're hanging on to you know the improve the, the showing improvements despite not seeing the results at least in the in the in the win loss column or the win column for that it's like this team needs like a good like one upset win like a Duke North Carolina do yeah and, and it still may only win six games but you have your hat on that one that's what this team needs as much as anything and Clemson you know they're five and zero would be a nice win I mean anyone would be a nice win at this point to be honest with you but like I feel like they need they need that one like signature win at some point you need something to point to and say this is this is why I believe. Right? And I'm sorry. I know we're two and fourteen. I know we have, you know, we've had the season that we've had. But to tell me that and that you couldn't upset North Carolina, this team could. We could easily beat North Carolina in the upset. North Carolina has been well. They, it's, I'm not going to say easily. Well, not easily, but I don't think it's out. Of, like you can't laugh at me for saying that's possible because North Carolina has been very sporadic as is. They have, but I mean, we we have two wins at home, and they're over Western Kentucky and Florida and them. Like we've. But we came close. We've to been consistent. State. We just don't don't win ever, um, and we we do play North Carolina on Saturday. Currently, we are projected to lose that game by sixteen, according to Ken. Oh, we'll cover. It's closer than it, we were given an eight percent chance of winning that game. Just four percent on, on Wednesday against Clemson, according to Ken Palm. So that's good. Well, no, we're no, Clemson on the road though, right? Yes, yeah. Clemson's away from home. Uh, then we get two games in a row at home against a resurgent Pitt team after the UNC game. You know, Pitt's been playing good. Um, it didn't be a pit peak, North Carolina, didn't they? They did. They just lost to Clemson. Was their first conference okay. loss. The um, where where do we rank? We're well ahead of uh, Houston Christian and Baptist, right? Like we we, we we've left well the Houston cat. We've left the Houston churches behind, right? Oh no, we're still way way <laughs> down. We've gotten worse on all the metrics. We're still behind Joel Easton University. <laughs> we are on uh, the net rankings. We are three forty five, which puts us one spot behind the University of Incarnate Word, which is three and ten in Southland. I mean. How many church schools are we going to be around here? Hartford still last, so we're still we're still dominating Hartford. Poor Hartford. Yeah, they they are they are dead last. They've have remained... they won a game this year or something? Uh, they're one in thirteen. Okay, but I think their one win was against a D two opponent. Maybe it would have to be. I can't imagine they would be ranked ahead of <laughs> behind the people they beat. They're a spot ahead of Saint. Uh, ahead of who's dead last? Who's LIU is zero and fourteen, so they're a spot Long ahead. Island? Yes, of a winless team. Florida and if you're wondering, is three sixty. One of our two wins. We're 345. 345. That's not bad. We're making our way up. It's bad. It's <laughs> it's better than 18 teams in Division One. You know, Carnot would have had a basketball team. But until <laughs> we had a football team. <laughs> I think you're right as far as we need to see you know, the announcers every single game are like, I think Kenny Payne's the guy, which they you know, they, they did the same thing well, for Padgett, they did the same thing for Craig. They're, like, they're always going to do that. But if you're going to just say that, you need a win to back that up and say, yeah. like, look, this team was losing to teams by 30 in Maui back in November. They, they were losing to bad teams in December by 35-40. Now they beat a 5-0 and Clemson team. or They, they beat North Carolina, the, the reigning run, national runners-up. This is why Kenny Payne can get it done. He inherited a terrible situation. The players are all bad apples, all this stuff, and he's made it into something cohesive, and they look like a capable ACC team now in mid-January. At some point, that's going to have to happen. Or 
you're just going into the offseason with the same mentality that you had the, the entire eight months that preceded it, which is, I believe in Kenny Payne. I've got nothing to back that up, though. I just trust KP. I, I trust this. And you've got to hope he does well in the transfer portal because the recruit. That's it. Sort of the. I mean, because the, the the freshman class is kind of already wrapped up, right? It's done. Yeah, so it's all about transfer portal now. You don't have that. We we can't. We're, we're hurt by the transfer portal because we don't know what our future is going to lay. You know, lies in our future type uh, NCAA stuff. Got to get guys. That's gone. Yeah, you have to. You have to go out and get guys now. Now, speaking of hope for the future, one of the biggest bright spots in recent weeks, the play of Mike James, the redshirt freshman who was named today as the ACC Rookie of the Week, first Cardinal to earn an ACC honor this season, averaged 21.5 points in two games last week and made 9 of 16 three-pointers. He's been great. Both the the last two games, he's really stepped up. I think you can see him as a guy that you can build around moving forward. I I think Kamari Lance has shown flashes. He certainly has not been as consistent as James recently, but I like that they're playing both those two guys more together. I think it, it helps not just this year's team, but it helps the next two, three years down the line because you know, hopefully those guys will be very solid college players when their junior and senior years come around. But, if you're again, if you're looking for something, if you're trying to grasp one of the positives, if Jan's listening right now and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my radio into the Ohio River if you guys don't say something positive, Mike James is one thing that you can point to. Yeah, I remember early in the season, him and Brandon Hunt were two guys that I thought like, really had a lot of potential. When I, I mean, I just watched them one time and was like, these guys – he can be good. I still think Hundley Hatfield has a lot of talent. He just got to get. He's got to get better. He's got to get the mental thing down, and to, and also quit trying to put the ball on the floor. Like you do several things well, Brandon. Putting the ball on the floor is not one of them. Uh, James, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love them, I mean, especially when he's knocking down the three and he's got the groove in the three point shot. He's got to get better about get himself getting the ball on the floor and, and being able to drive. But I, I love. I think he's got a lot, a lot of potential. I think he's a guy that. You know, he was one of those guys that I look at and go, if we can get the right recruits in here, you know, he could be like a, um, I don't know why I use this comparison, but like a, a CDR to Memphis, where he was like, you know, a good player, but they needed that, they needed that Derrick Rose to get him over the hump, but he he was that like really good college player. Now, since you brought a similar game, to CDR, since you brought up Brandon Huntley Hatfield, I do want to talk. Kenny Payne after the game had some interesting things to say. He did. He once again said, "I don't want moral victories. I want us to play better the whole game." No, I agree. Don't find new ways to lose. All that stuff, which I which I agree with. But for the first time, we heard him really kind of call out some individuals. After the game, he said, "I'm just going to be honest with you. I've got different guys missing from the game. I want every player to hit that floor and fight. I don't want to look at a game and see Brandon Huntley Hadfield with two points. That's not acceptable. No, this is not why I brought him here. This is not what he wanted. He's got to give it to me." I should have. Not, I should not have to go through what I'm going through right now with Jalen. He's got to fight. I'm not throwing Jalen under the bus, but I am saying that to say this. I need those two to understand that there is an obligation to this program that started long before they got here. Their job is to keep it going forward. No matter what happened in the past, that's over. We're starting over. Now I see it in stages, but I just don't see it consistently. He's clearly not wrong. Like Withers and Huntley Hadfield have shown flashes at times but they're not giving you anything consistently no. good. How do you feel about him mentioning them specifically? I'm okay with it because it's not like it's been a secret amongst the fans anyway. Or I'm on the show. I mean, I'm fine with it too. Listen, if you can't, I mean, if Brandon Hatfield can't realize that he just looks half the time half asleep out there sometimes in certain parts of the game, and for this team to, to have any kind of success, he can't just disappear like that and have two points. I mean, you know he's capable of being a guy that can average 10, 12 points a game, maybe five, six rebounds. Especially that's, against that wake front court. I mean, that's what he needs to do. I mean, if, if, you, if you're if you getting 
consistently 10, 12 points out of Huntley Hatfield. And I've been requesting for months for him to get more shots in the game. He took one shot this game. One. And a lot of that's on him. One shot. And it is. You're right. It's not all. Some of it was early in the season. I I, I wish they would have worked more offense for him in the way I was. I preached for getting James more, you know, looks like the low block against smaller guards type thing. Mm -hmm. And I think with Huntley Hatfield too. But, I mean, and they've done it more with James. But Huntley Hatfield, I mean, just. And the problem is, is there's some possessions I'll notice where he'll have a good position and the guard doesn't give him the ball right away. And just for the next three possessions, he just doesn't care. Like, and that, that yes. that's the type of thing that really, you've got to get, listen, Brandon, you're a talented kid. You, you, the, the, the ceiling is just like, it's right here and you're just going to burst through it. Okay. Like, like, like 22 jump street style, but you got to just grow up, dude. You can't, you can't, you can't have a tensor tantrum in the middle of a game. And just give up because you you had good position at one point, and I know it comes rarely sometimes with this team, and you didn't get the ball right away. And we see that we've seen that pretty consistently from a number of guys on this year's team. Withers I think, is the same way. I, a little Withers bit. is the same way. I think Sidney Curry is the same way. I think yes. you, you still have some guys on this team, and it's certainly not everybody. I think Mike James is not does never he never has this mentality. But you've got some guys out there that think that they're better than they are, that think that in a, in the right situation, I'd be a twenty and ten guy. And I'd be off to the NBA in a couple of months. And the reality is, they're just not. Like, if you were that good, we wouldn't be two and fourteen. I think Huntley Hatfield can be that guy. It just, it's not. It's all about mental for him. He's gonna have to start showing it because he's not. He, he's he shows skills, but he's not. Again, he, he's a six eleven VJ King right now. He, you, I know you're right. And it's, it's funny because when I saw the thing about James scoring the most since freshman since, and I was like VJ King, I'm like, made me think about Huntley Hatfield being B.J. King. The yeah. thing that Mike James has that I think the rest of the, the roster needs, not not everybody, I think LLS plays this way too, but James just, you can tell he's fully balled in. You you can tell that he's he recognizes that I'm not a surefire lottery pick. He mm-hmm. plays every game like I've got to get better every single game, and I know I'm not if I don't go play my ass off every second I'm on the floor. Like that's Even when he's playing poorly, he does everything at full speed, I like the anecdote that they said during the game about how Kenny Payne will call him after game after practices oh, yeah. to try and see how things were received that he tried to implement in practice. Like, what, you know, did the guys accept this? What were they saying about it? Like, that's the type of guy that you can build things around moving forward if you get the right pieces around him. He, clearly, we need more talent. But Mike James is a guy who can be a big-time all-conference type player for you two years down the line. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that is a junior when hopefully we've gotten thing, you know, the, the, the recruiting down pat and we've got some talent here. And we're making that run at the Final Four his junior year. He leads the team in scoring, but he's like the third most NBA prospect. Now that the, the first part of that equation has to happen, we still we've, no. we've got to find a way to start getting some players in here, or nothing else is going to matter. But the improvement that we've seen in Mike James is certainly one of the big positives that you can take away from a two and fourteen team. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, five o'clock hour is up next. We still got some more stuff to get to. The women's basketball team gets a win yesterday. Uh, more thoughts on U of L basketball. This Calipari to Texas stuff. And then your thoughts at 502-414-1450. It's also National Championship Night. We'll get a little talk uh, about TCU Georgia coming up after the break here. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X.
Trevor Kelsey's back, which means the decidedly 80s feel to the show has returned as well. Welcome back to the 80s, baby. You missed us, didn't you? Welcome back to the 80s for the 16th straight month here on the show. Remember Zubras? Zumbra? Zumba pants? Yes. I wish those came back. And they kind of did, ironically, a few years ago. Did they really? Yeah. Where was that for that one? I had, I had, a, I had, a, I had a pair of uh, Eagles, Eagles pants and a Zumba like lightweight jacket. I miss those. Cool look, man. Why don't you just bring it back? I've tried bringing stuff back, and it just doesn't work. Well, you're bringing back hockey t-shirts. <laughs> Go Devils. Devils! Devils! Five o'clock <laughs> hour here of the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. Reminder, if you miss any of any show, you can uh, relax. Go check out the Relax. Don't freak <laughs> out. And find the podcast. Wherever you can find your podcast, search 1450 Big X. You'll find Mike Rutherford Show. I think Matt Dennison and Spears on Sports. They'll also be there if you want to. KRC has their own little page. They're, they're separate from us. They're so cool. They're so big and mighty. They're so, they're so just, they do whatever they want. I, I want actually wanted to, to listen. I got a little bit lost with time today. Uh, what did you do today, huh? Monday, kid to school, picking up kid from school, uh, trying to write on the website, trying to had a conference call with SB Nation folks. I wanted to take some time to listen to KRC. Because I wanted to hear their take on losing to Alabama by a million points, and the crowd chanting "Cow to Texas," but, and now the Texas rumors out there. But I didn't get a chance to listen to it. But I'm assuming these are interesting days for KRC. For the record, I was with a UK fan on the road on Saturday, uh-huh. and he was like, "Put the UK, put the, the the game on, you know, UK game." I'm like, "Okay," and I have XM radio in my car, so I get it, and it's like the, it's the Alabama play by play crew. And it was just so awesome to listen to, to the point where I want to say, I can't remember what point the second half it was when they hit a three. And the guy goes, the tide is rolling now. <laughs> and he just turns it off. He goes, if you turn it back on, I'll kill you. I was going to say, <laughs> just, your buddy probably ended up wanting to turn it off and you wanted to turn it back on. I was like, I'm having fun. The announcers were so great. Every play, Oscar was like, how do you get away with that foul? How do you get and one. It was just the most Homer calls. Yet it just made me smile from ear to ear because of the way they were winning. It was so great. But to hear all the thoughts of the, the you know Nick Roush, TJ Walker, and the best of the best in Kentucky radio, listen, 7 to 9, and then also again at 9 to 11, 9 to 11, here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Uh, I, I tell you what, we talked enough about basketball the last segment. We, we beat football into the ground during the first hour. Let's take we, the text lines loaded up, so we'll get to 502-414-1450. Then the second segment, we can get into a little bit of tonight's national title game if you want to discuss that, uh, and then maybe the Calipari to Texas stuff because I think it's it's, it's relatively interesting. But uh, Texas says Ricky Martin's never coming on the show, which is accurate. I mean, he should. Be th- thanks for that one there, for Mike. I mean, that, that's a, that's an icon that we can't even bring on the show because you you just badmouthed him. Texas says Deuce Daly definitely is not the real play caller. Oh, he is, baby. Trevor's making jokes. Deuce Daly is that offense is based on Deuce Daly. Texas says, Mike, don't worry, Nick Caulfield. Nah, we're not taking shots at Nick Caulfield. No, I'm never going to take a shot at him. Oh, we like Nick Caulfield. Unless he's guarding me on the court, then I'm taking a shot at him. Yeah. And I'm going to dunk it. Texas says, no wonder TK isn't married. He's arguing about Levi- living La Vida Loca to no end, trying his hardest to be right. 20 minutes of my life now gone. <laughs> How does that affect my marriage status? You get me you, you when to lose some battles. I mean, seriously, how does... What, you think I can't find a woman who loves Ricky Martin? We haven't had a new TK love interest in a while. <laughs> We need to get that going again. I was with this before I, before I hit the road on this trip. I was with, I stopped at Taco Bell, uh-huh. and my Taco Bell girl slash guy, guy was there. And as we pulled away, my buddy looks at me, and goes, 
I completely understand how you felt for that. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, I was, he goes, I laughed at when you told me the story, but you were dead on, dude. <laughs> the fact that we had multiple texters who texted in the who same confirmed thing, it, yeah, who, know, who have also dealt with this person and thought it was definitely a woman, and then were surprised to find out it was a guy. Just, I believe you. I told them that they were a local celebrity that that brought him up on the radio show. I just didn't tell them why. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, it's because we thought you were a girl. <laughs> we love your facts about yeah. movies. <laughs> By the way, unfortunately, uh, when, I guess it was Monday when I yeah that I, that I asked uh, when I pulled up. The only fact was it was Men in Black Two release or something on that day. Yeah, not a great one. That no, was a slow day. Yeah. Not the best. Text is a team getting beat by 10 to wake at home in mid-January is not improving. Well, oh, they lost but by a te- eight. But a team losing by eight at home to Wake Forest, on the other hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the fact that they fought back. I mean, it's, I, I, again, I get I, It's not nothing, though, is what we're trying to say. I know. And I understand it's hard to, you can say I'm nitpicking. Anybody who is being trying to be positive is nitpicking at the, the, the progress. But it is still progress. And it's got... Trust me, there's it could be a lot worse. We've seen we saw this last year, where the, the team you know kind of gave up in certain situations. It's like if you if you're on that show where it's like you're a thousand pounds, and Biggest Loser. No, but there's like there's like it's like a, one of those documentaries on TLC where it's like thousand pound sisters. Okay, I need and, a boo. And you get down to I don't know nine ninety eight. It's still not great. <laughs> but it's better than going up towards two thousand. Well, have you ever seen any 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 anybody? So wait, trust me, I know. We always brag about the littlest pounds. Like if if you weigh like five hundred pounds and you get down to like four, like you said, four eighty or four four ninety two, like I've lost eight pounds. It like, does, you brag about that. It doesn't excuse getting to the point where you're a thousand pounds at all. No, but it's better than the alternative. Being a thousand and one. Yeah. That's it, it. It's it's something. I'm telling you, this if this this team could have easily just given up and got destroyed. And I know Kentucky game was what like 23 points, I think, or something like that. 20, yes, cover. Yeah, but they covered. Um, but Louisville, I mean, obviously Kentucky's a better team. Maybe not as good as Kentucky fans think they are. Anybody, but they're still a better team than like Wake Forest and NC State are. And but you, you again early in the, the first month of the season, this team gets. Doesn't doesn't make those comebacks and try to come back in those games, but in these cases in, in, in NC State, Syracuse, and in 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 in, Reese, in Wake Forest on Saturday, they did, and that just shows me something. It all, it tells me now. The point a, is that it's something. It is, that, and that, it shows and me also they're all, the, the, the the players are sticking with the coach exactly, which is a big thing to do. Texas, I went to the game, and the biggest disappointment was I let myself believe for a second that we could win a game. I never, I never thought we, we got it down to three. We were playing well. I got excited because they were playing well. I never for a second was like, I think we're going to win this thing. I knew. As soon as we got down to three, we were going to lose the field. The only thing I the only thing I felt more confident about when we got down to three was that I was going to cover. Every time Forbes called a timeout, which we talked, Matt McGavick and I talked about this a lot last week, he got them a wide-open look from the outside or a dunk. Yeah. And when we call timeouts, we don't seem to get our desired outcome. And so they called the timeout when we got down to three, and I'm like, here we go. And sure enough, they get a wide-open look for three. Mm. Boom, six-point game. And that was the next play was a turnover. I want to say I think Ellis turned the ball over. They committed a bad foul right after that. He, I mean, he Tyree Appleby did what good guards do. Yeah. He did the, the little thing where he's dribbling. He saw Ellis kind of sulking and running back the other end, and so he just stopped right in front of him and let Ellis run into him and drew a foul. And he's like an eighty-five percent free throw shooter. And that was the game. Yeah. And you saw how mad Kenny Payne was at Ellis because 
look, you missed. He missed a layup. It wasn't a turnover. He missed. I remember the play. That's what it was. You're right. You're right. He just missed you're a right. layup. You're right. And then he kind of was pouting and not looking at where he was going, and ended up committing a foul that he could have easily avoided, and that was the game. Was like, that's something you got to get. You, you can't get past that. I mean, again, you, you got to have the short memory. I mean, listen, you got to have Trevor memory on a Saturday evening, okay? When it comes to stuff like that, or you, Monday afternoon, or Tuesday, or any day. Actually, the ends and why. <laughs> I mean, just you, you've got to, because otherwise you're just going to make yourself miserable. Texas says, we, this is UofL basketball. We either win or we lose, and there's a lot of losing. This is all a massive joke. I agree for the most part. Well, no, jokes have, like, knock-knock and stuff like that. We need something light. Texas says, nice pull, TK, with the Chris Douglas Roberts. Thank you. City R was a beast, man. He was. I'm telling you, but that was – that Memphis team just couldn't get over the hump. They needed that one star. I feel like I could see this team in three years, like with with guys like you know, I'm doubt Hunting Hatfield at this point, but but James and maybe uh, and Trainer still because I could see he gets some eligibility left somehow. <laughs> Fifth year senior, he's only junior. Senior. <laughs> I mean, he's a junior. Yeah. Texas, what does it tell you that the players are still bought into listening to Kenny Payne and yet still getting worse results than a team that was on an all around disaster last year? To me, that says that the preparation and in game coaching is so bad that it doesn't matter what kind of culture is being built. I genuinely believe that KP is just a bad basketball coach. I'd love to hear an opposing argument with any real substance. Now that's a it's not a it's not a bad counter argument to my point, which is like the one thing that you can point to for hope is that this team is still bought in, they're getting better, is that a lot of the same players were on last year's team. It was a totally dysfunctional mess. Players were fighting each other after games, the coaches were fighting the players, players are saying horrible things about the coaches publicly. And yet they were still better than this year's team, which seems bought in and is trying its hardest and, and not dysfunctional. I think Kenny Payne's still learning. I think that's obvious. I, I think he's still learning. I think it's it, it's it's you know it's hard because you know this team is trying this team is trying to be to learn how to be something, and Kenny Payne's trying to learn it the same way. And the talent level just isn't good enough to make up for the hiccups of the learning lessons that there's five or two and 14. I just think he's thinking now, will he get learn enough and get to the point where we hope he is a good coach? I don't know. Nobody knows that except for Kenny Payne and, you know, maybe Nostradamus, but I mean, so I, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Not going to help you there. <laughs> Texas, I agree all the way about Huntley Hatfield. He can reach the NBA. He just needs to add bulk and stick to his strengths. His hooks on Sheboy in the lane are the best example. He's got a nice little little little, uh, little, well, little block game. Right and now, he can knock down the three right point now, corner. Everybody's scoring on Oscar Sheboy, which right. is kind of an issue for UK. Uh, I mean, he's got a nice little low post game. I think he's got he can knock down the corner three, which is good, which helps us when want to stretch the field court. But he just one, he's not going to go to the NBA because he can't put the ball in the court. I mean, he's awful at putting. He can't, he can't do it. He's not a good passer. Either. And he's uh, and, he, and he and when he gets double teamed, he does panic and makes the wrong decision every time. He's just, he's just young. I mean, he's basically a freshman, and he's not an impact. This is a guy that I could see him going to the NBA and being a first-round pick after his junior year, maybe, if he gets the right development. Now, he made a, he did make a really good pass in the final minutes of the Syracuse game, and I thought in the last two minutes of the Syracuse game, he was phenomenal. And I was hoping it would carry over into Saturday, and he just kind of was – he just wilts when – when he's not getting the ball enough or he feels like he's not as much of a focal point of the offense as he should be, he doesn't do what great players do in those situations, which is make sure that their defense can spark their offense. He just kind of becomes way too passive. And that if you're that – you can be a little bit passive as a electric scoring guard and get away with it. It's not ideal, but you can get away with it. 
when you're that size, you can't get away with being passive. You're going to get exposed. You're going to get beat for a rebound. You're going to get beat bad for you know a bucket in the paint. And you're not going to do what you need to be doing offensively to make any sort of positive impact on that end of the floor. And that's it happens way too often with him. And I get why Kenny Payne is, is voicing his frustration now with both him and Withers because those are the two guys who do tend to just wilt when things get a little bit dicey. And it's frustrating because you know the talent is there. For, with both those guys. Like, with, sure. with a guy like Trainer who does have some kind of like mental hiccups occasionally, he does hustle. And, you, the, and I'm not saying Trainer doesn't have talent. Offensive rebounds. But, like, only half to, I mean, just. You look at the guy and you go, I can see where this guy was projected as a five star recruit. I mean, it, it, he's, it's the same thing with VJ King. I, you're you're like, not wrong. Like, when it, when it every looks game, good, it, I feel like I, I feel like I'm like agreeing with you more and more with that every game. When it looks good, it's so smooth, and you can just see why he could be a kid in high school that would just wow everybody. Yeah, but you gotta get tougher. You, you, you gotta get more physical, and it cannot wane. It cannot ebb and flow. It's got to be consistent, and it just it hasn't been. And it seems like it's the majority of mental. I think that you're. I think I think that's true. I think Brandon needs me and him need to sit down and have a conversation. Texas trivia quiz: Which former U of L player is currently a starting player for the Bristol Flyers of the British Basketball League? I've got no idea who's playing in, in England. Brian Kaiser. There's no way he's still playing basketball <laughs> professionally. <laughs> I was going to say there's no way he played professional basketball in general. <laughs> we played for athletes in action. He did. We know that he came to Wagner my like sophomore or my junior year with athletes in action to talk about. Like how I, I went to this thing in the cafeteria because I heard Brandon Kaiser was going to be there, and without like even thinking about why he's going to be there, and it was all about conversion to Christianity and all this like religious stuff. And I'm just I'm a stone to junior ass just sitting there going, "You hit a three against UCLA. It was a game winner. <laughs> Praise God, then play defense." I had the headline on my wall growing up, my childhood bedroom wall. Ah, uh, but he hated me after that whole thing. Do you want to know the answer <laughs> to that question? Uh, yes, because I just found it. The Bristol Flyers of the British Basketball Club are being led by VJ King. Oh, my good Lord. Who most recently poured in 27 points, including 9 of 12 from the free throw line. Had a double-double with 11 points. Also had four assists and three steals. In a 20, Also had six points in a 25-7 surge in the third quarter. This, this is the British Basketball League. Right? Yes, and he scored 30 points the night before against the second-placed Leicester Riders. Lester's more. Sometimes. He's currently the number two player on the BBL team of the week. <laughs> the big, beautiful British basketball team of the week. I mean, and I'm telling you, there's two things the British people are known for, tea and basketball. That's it. I mean, that's, yeah. Texas Mike, can you explain why Brian Brom is your nemesis? Because he sucks. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> We I've known Brian for a long time, and I just I've always given him. Well, I saw that produce cross. Like, come, thank God, Brian didn't hang around for that. <laughs> oh, he did. Oh, he did. He was the coach. I thought he was gone for that. He was the head coach for that game. Oh, good lord, Brian! <laughs> what the hell happened, dude? We were. Ta- I, thought, I thought he. I thought he decided not to do it. I, I... No, he's he's he was the head coach for that game. Oh, good lord! We were the. I was taking down Christmas lights, and I came inside, and I was like, "Hey, Virginia, can I? Daddy's friends coaching football right now. Can I check on the, the game?" And it was already 21 nothing. I was like, okay, you can turn it back on your show. And then I checked back in later. It was 42 to nothing. I was like, okay, we don't know. My buddies were like, they're showing Brian a lot, too, on the sidelines. Like, like I, I listened to, like, yeah, I was, I was on the road, so I was listening to, like, the highlights of the games. And that was the one that they made fun of so much. It was the only game that wasn't close all day. Yeah, it was, it was not good. I didn't know. Sorry, <laughs> right, Brian. Ooh, man. That was, ooh. We love you. <laughs> you might want to get one of those pillows to sit on after that. Texas is my new favorite thing this season is listening to the UK postgame shows when they lose because their callers are wild. 
saying Shibway needs to leave and wouldn't start on any other Power 5 team and getting angry at their bench players for literally not starting fights with Bama players because they're talking smack to Wheeler. I am not surprised that the postgame shows at UK are wild because they're wild when they're winning. Yeah. Every now and then you'll, you'll, like somebody will share a clip on Twitter, and I'm like, you know, they just beat LSU by 17, and they're 28-1, and and this guy's like, Cal's got to go. He's done. Get him out of here. Texas, I'm assuming KRC, I don't know about Nick as much, but I know TJ's still like more pro Cal. So I, I would think they would be one of the rare Kentucky shows that is not like, let's get Cal out of here right now. Since he came on the show. He loves he KRC, hates KSR. He does. That's what Cal does. Did the Big X curse Cal? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Texas says, does Trevor have Bieber fever? What did Oregon State do? No. Justin Bieber. Oh, Bieber. Yeah. Is it Bieber? Bieber. Fever. Oh. Uh, no, I didn't know. Was that a thing? He will in like 15 years when Justin Bieber's old enough and he'll be like, this was great pop music. No, baby, baby sucks. I mean, it's it's catchy, don't get me wrong, but it's it's no living La Vida Loca. I can't even name. What other songs does he have other than Baby? Um, Intentions, I thought was kind of a good one. I remember, I've never He's heard He's got like a one. billion songs. He's I only like, know the baby song with Ludacris. Yeah, that was like 12 years ago. But it's catchy. It's not a bad pop song. It's like Lenny. It's, not a, great it's like a Lenny Kravitz pop song or like Daft Punk. Where it's there just like, are some Bieber songs that I like, sort of embarrassingly like. That is not one of them. It's one of the ones. It's like one of those songs that like they only write like one lyric and just repeat it for four minutes, like Lenny Kravitz did in every song. Texas, somebody tell Trevor that Ricky Martin sucked in the '90s and he sucks just as bad now. <laughs> Somebody's not living to be the loca. Texas, my rec league uh, team fought back from nine down late in the game to win by three last night. We're now two and zero. Oh. Congratulations. I don't know what to say. What to tell you. Would you, I tell you what, would you and your rec league have a talk with the Louisville basketball team? Like, dude, give them like a, give them a pep talk at the, before they, they clumps the game. Texas is TK drunk. What are these Pollyanna excuses coming from? Pain is way worse than Brian Brown. He needs to start acting like it. What do you call me? A Polly what? Pollyanna. What's a Pollyanna? Pollyanna is like when you're acting like everything's all hunky dory. Like your Pollyanna routine is when you're. Things suck, but you're putting on a smile and acting like things are that okay. Latin? No. Is it? Is it like? What, where's, what's the form? Why, why does Pollyanna mean that? It's like, a reference to a character from a movie. Which movie? Pollyanna. <laughs> the movie's called Pollyanna. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's just right on the nose, ain't it? <laughs> I pretty. How about sure, never heard of that movie? I'm pretty sure it was a book as well. It's old. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I watch old movies. Now the book part I can understand, but I've never heard of the movie. Who's in it? I don't know. It's from like the 1950s. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I like 50s movies. Pollyanna is like a little girl. She's always just hard background, but she's always charming and like puts a smile on her face. Like Annie? Kind of, yes. Was was which one was first? I don't know, Trevor. <laughs> I, that's all I'm saying is you ask what the reference means, that's what the reference is. Okay, uh so back to the original text. So he's mad like I was I tried to be positive with Brian Brown at one point. Not really. You just gave all credit to Scott Satterfield. Well, afterwards, yeah, because I realized that Brian Brown clearly couldn't do anything. Texture says Wake's highest rated player coming out of high school was 136. They have a couple in the 170s and one in the 300s. The rest were all unranked. I don't want to hear about us as the team without the talent. Well, you can have talent and be unranked. I mean, that does, I don't. The rankings are, take those with a grain of salt always. To a point, yeah. I agree with you, but. I want to use Pollyanna sentence again. Let's get going. Your, your Pollyanna routine continues. Your Pollyanna. <laughs> Texas, so are you saying that we have funneled all of last year's off-court dysfunction into on-court dysfunction this year? Kind of. 
I mean, how did that team win more last year when it was just completely a bigger cluster bleep than this year? That's the dangerous question that people are asking. I mean, it's, I, I really, I, 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 wanna, I mean. I will say Noah Locke's playing well for Providence right now. I don't know if you saw he had the, the dagger shot that beat UConn the other I night. Did not, no. He was going nuts. He was going crazy. What's his name? The UK transfer had the big game in that game. He's their best player. Yeah, I know. Um, Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins, who was once committed to us. He's been phenomenal. For Love to have him right about He now. had 27 and 17 in that game. I mean, maybe Peaks just, I mean, I know that you can't, I mean, Peaks obviously had as much head coaching experience as, as Kenny Payne did, but Peaks maybe just be a better coach right now at this point early in their career than, than Kenny Payne is. There's his mic quote. We're not going to talk about basketball. We're not going to talk about basketball. We're going to the text line. SpongeBob narrator, 40 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, it's going to happen. I'm, we, we can't just not talk about it for a full show. I'm sorry. Texas says Brian Brom still has the best hidden ball play fake action I've ever seen. He was great. Was that the, like the, the the fake? He would hide it behind his back. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll tell you something. What was what was the fake play they ran in the bowl game? The fake spike, I think. Like before halftime, they ran one of those plays that ended up being a touchdown. I don't think we'd, we we threw a double pass for our first touchdown against Wake Forest. If that's what you're talking about. I don't know what you're referring. To. Oh, I'm thinking Jeff Brom. Never mind. Okay. Texas Rick Pitino on former Louisville assistant Kenny Johnson, quote, I don't believe a word that man says. In my estimation, you can take all the things that you've written down by Kenny Johnson and just throw that away. Did he say that today? I have no idea. I have. He kind of defended Kenny to a certain extent. Is he not taking the Georgetown job yet? Not yet. They got hammered last night. Hammered they being Iona or Georgetown? Uh, Iona by Quinny Pyack. By who? Quinny Pyack. Nice, nice pronunciation. I know what you're talking about. I just never could pronounce it. I don't even know if that's right. It's just what I've always said. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know you're talking about because it's like QI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could be Quinny yeah. Piac, I guess. Yeah. I uh, I didn't realize that. No, Rick Pitino told NCAA investigators that former Louisville assistant Kenny Johnson was a, quote, pathological liar who ruined his life. He was only there like one year, right? No, Kenny Johnson was there for multiple years. Was it multiple years? I couldn't remember. Because we. Trying to black out those, some of those times, some of those memories. The whole. And I don't. At some point, this story is going to come out. I, I, I assume, I keep saying that, but it may never come out. But the, the, the common thought amongst people in positions of power at UofL was that the whole Katina Powell thing came about because IU was pissed off that we stole Kenny Johnson from them. Yeah. We gave Kenny Johnson an obnoxiously high salary to come here and be our recruiting guy. IU gets pissed off about it. They start this LLC. They find out about Katina Powell. They find this publishing company that nobody had ever heard of before. And, like, that's what started the entire thing. Yeah. And if this guy winds up being the catalyst to what took down UofL basketball, yeah, I'm going to hate him forever. That's if, the case, and I say we don't even drop him for football and we beat him the crap out of him three straight games. Well, IU definitely had something to do with what went on. I don't know exactly what the extent was, but there very clearly was – they played a part. By the way, that statement, let's, let's, let's circle back to it. He literally just said he ruined my life. That's what he said. Pretty dramatic, don't you think? He told NCA investigators, Kenny Johnson ruined my life. That's, that's I mean, a little bit of drama queen there, don't you think? He was asked, uh, yeah, he caused his family humiliation, cost him $38 million in future salary through Johnson's alleged duplicity in UofL's fateful recruitment of Brian Bowen. <laughs> he may have ruined your life there, Rick, but he ain't the only one bringing your family uh, <laughs> email, email. Oh, wait, Tim Sullivan's writing for the Leo now? The free paper you get, like when you walk yeah. out of the supermarket, He's the Louisville Eccentric Observer. Tim Sullivan's writing for the Leo. I did not know that. That's awesome. I don't know what surprises me more. He writes for the Leo, or the Leo still gets written. I used to write for the Leo. 
Did you really? Yeah. I used to, used to take them when I'd leave the, the store. I think I've written for every outlet that pays anybody in this city. Voice, yes. Leo, yes. Little Magazine, yes. Anybody who's going to pay me money, yes. Journalistic slut. <laughs> if you're anybody in journalism, you are a slut. You, you are going, you've got to do multiple things to make money. There's no way around it. Um, oh, I love it. He said, Johnson may be on record, but I don't believe a word that man says. This was in 2021 during an interview. He would look at me square in the eye when I said to him, is there anything wrong with any of this? And he said, coach, there's nothing wrong with this. He looked me square in the eye. So he's a, in my estimation, you can take all the things that you have written down by Kenny Johnson and just throw that away. That's hilarious. Damn. He is harsh. Well. I think we should get Kenny Johnson and Rick Pitino in a, in a, in a, in a celebrity death match. He says he did forgive Jordan Fair because Jordan Fair asked him to forgive him. Where's Kenny Johnson at now? He's at Rhode Island. Is he? With Sean Miller. I mean, Archie Miller. <laughs> How's he still getting allowed to coach? Because he got cleared. Let's take a break. I mean, what do you? I mean, seriously, how? Right, when we come back, we, we can talk a little bit about tonight's national, national championship <laughs> game between TCU and Georgia. A couple of thoughts on the Calipari to Texas stuff, and then maybe a couple of time for a few more texts on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Mike Rutherford Show wraps up next here on The Big X. the addition of two wide receivers, Jamari Thrash and Kevin Coleman. So it's done. It's official. They're in. They're not going anywhere else. Jeff Brom's got his weapons on the outside. Jack Plummer's going to be throwing to him. Somebody in the text line was like, I saw. Was like, I went to the UofL Wake Forest game on Saturday, and I saw Jamari Thrash, who I recognized immediately, and somebody was like, who's that other guy with him? And I was like, he's got to be another UofL football player. It was our quarterback, Jack Plummer. He's like, I recognized the Georgia State transfer immediately, but could not pick our quarterback out. Jack Plummer. We'll get there. We'll get there in time. That text line, by the way, 502-414-1450. We can take a few more texts here, and then we'll get you ready for tonight's national title game between Georgia and TCU. Are you excited at all for the title game, Trev? I'm kind of – I am, actually. I'm kind of excited to see TCU take a shot. Yeah. Even though they're a Big 12 team, it feels like a little guy getting a seat at the table for the first time in a while just because we have this Conference USA background together. and It would just be – it'd be nice to have something different. It's kind of weird too because do you remember like this time? I don't know. I mean, like this time a few months ago, this time this, last year, a few months earlier than this. That sounded really hard to say. That's okay. But like I'm T- right there with you. TCU was getting like just just bombarded with hate because of letting Gary Patterson go. Yes. Like, how do you let this guy go? He's he is TCU football. Like, he took you to the Rose Bowl. He's been here 20 years. It's like you're evil. You 
what are you thinking? I kind of agree with it, to be honest. I, I was kind of right there with people, too, at that time. I was like, that's just ridiculous. TC's going to get what they deserve. They're going to be back to mediocrity. And yada, yada. I have the same thing. And here they are now, a year later. They made the right move. And they're in the national tournament. I mean, on top of it, it, it a guy who is a 100% Mike Leach prodigy, you know, a, a disciple here in the championship game and to honor Mike Leach and his passing, unfortunately. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the stars are aligning for this big upset. And we're going to get like the, this is going to be like when you look, because when you look through history, like the last 20 years, especially over the last 30 years, like there's not like a national champion that champion. You don't look, if you're looking just at national champions on like a list, mm-hmm. like nothing really sticks out until you get to like 1990 and you have Georgia Tech and Colorado and like the Washington years. And, stuff, and Washington yeah. was in 91. Yeah, yeah. 91. Yeah, for sure. So like, and that was a co-championship, but like, yeah, you, in the eighties and like, or like very part of the nineties, you had some of those years, like, like BYU. You know, like you know, you see that and you're like, really? And, and at the time, Miami, even I guess to a degree, but like for the last three years, we've had just such a just a I don't want to say stale norm, but it's like norm. eight, nine, ten teams. Yeah, they, it's, they ebb and flow, but it's the same: Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, Ohio Florida, State, Florida State, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, it's just the same group of five or six teams, seven teams. And now, like here's TCU, and I'm like, I like this. Like, exactly. not to mention this, if you're ever going to sell. This 12-team tournament, not that you really need to sell it. You shouldn't have to. But if you're going to sell it to people who are anti-against it, this is a great example of TC doing this, knocking off Michigan and knocking off Georgia. I like the, I mean, an- like the anti-against it. That's a good phrase. I mean, <laughs> you, can, I mean you, you can't tell me that, you, you know, for those that are like, oh, the tournament's stupid, you're just going to have all the, the favorites come through and it's going to waste our time. And they, No, look, and we're seeing TCU pulling off these upsets. No one gave them a... a, a a belief of thought. To there were Michigan. a lot of people who said, if you're just going by putting the four best teams in, no way you can justify TCU over Alabama. And now they come in, they beat a Michigan team that nobody was arguing shouldn't be in the field. They, they clearly earned their spot. And if they beat Georgia, I think you're right. I think it adds value to the playoff that's coming. And this was, when we've had teams, even when it's been like Georgia, somebody besides Alabama and Clemson in recent years, it's been a usual suspect. It's been a power conference team that's been picked to finish first or second in their league going into the year. TCU was not in anybody's top 25. They were yeah. picked seventh in the Big 12. It would be like Clemson winning the national championship in basketball this year. A middle-of-the-road, bottom half of a conference team that didn't have a whole lot of preseason expectations, not just achieving to the point that they're competing for a league title or winning a league title, but winning the whole thing. It Like... It, It'd be a cool story in a sport that has gotten, I think at least at the top, very stale in recent years. I mean, I'm a little surprised they even came in as such high underdogs. I mean, definitely getting form of 14 Two points. touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It could be a blowout. We could get this, but I think this TC team's too good. And I just, I'd love to see them upset. I'd love to see an upset. I know, I think Georgia fans are the only ones who don't want to see the upset, but yeah. I'd love to see it. By the way, Pollyanna was played by Haley Mills. Haley Mills back in the day. Famous by, she was the original Parent Trap actress. Oh, okay. And was Miss Bliss in Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which was Saved by the Bell before it became Saved by the Bell. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew the latter part of that. Uh, I did not know that. It's interesting. I didn't know until just now. Thank you. Yeah. Texture says, I can't read that. Texture says, a first one of the day. I mean, it took us till five forty to get that. That's amazing. Well, I just skipped some before, but oh, yeah. Texas, my mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. Is one of the best lyrics of all time. Thanks, Bieber. It's one of the best. That's my favorite Bieber song. Is that a is that a, is that a Bieber song? My mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. It's one of the best diss lines in recent history. Okay, I guess. What is what song is that? Uh, Love yourself. 
which is really F yourself. But okay. love yourself. Clean up version. <laughs> Texas also, <laughs> Trevor saying he can't name Bieber. Bieber has eight number one hits. Oh, good Lord. I don't even know, baby. It's the only song I know. And then he, and I know he got trouble for speeding in a Lamborghini in his neighborhood. I like when you just toss in things that I've known <laughs> just, just to show that you know them. <laughs> I know stuff. I know information. <laughs> I, have, I have thoughts. I have facts. Texture says, um, the Vince Merrow groupies pushing the cow to Texas rumor hard to get UK fans off his back is chef's kiss. So the, I don't know if that's what's happening, but you've got Travis Branham who does have ties to UK. He's the one who's stoking the fire. He goes on the Texas message board and says, from what I'm hearing, and both sides will deny this, Texas has reached out to John Calipari. There's mutual interest there, which I don't think there is. And this is, this is the thing. Which is just not mutual, do you think, on Kentucky's side? I don't, side? I don't think Cal's going. Anyway. Yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere until he plays this recruiting class next year. If this were happening, if he had if he had a bad season, let's say this season goes and they win one game in the NCAA tournament, they're out in the round of 32. He brings in this number one recruiting class, and this is a year from now. They've lost five games. They're not in the top 25. It's clear that he's lost his fastball, and now Texas is coming calling. I could fully believe that he would jump for Texas at that point. I think he wants to, I think in the back of his mind, Cal thinks that he can still be 2012 Cal with the right players. And I think that's what he's going to shoot for next season. He's going to bring in a couple of transfers. He's going to bring in these kids that are all world. And he thinks in his mind, he's going to set the world on fire. And if it fails next season, then maybe he kind of admits to himself that this is a unsalvageable marriage and he moves on for something else. But for right now, I'll be shocked if he's not the coach next year. If Cal Perry is to leave Kentucky after this offseason and go to Texas, would you consider the Cal tenure at Kentucky a failure or a success? Ooh, I say it's, it's a good question. It'll, it'll be asked a million times. Because you can say the same debate with Lil Patino as well, I mean, to a degree. I think I mean, they both fair. They both are very similar in, their, in terms of the success they did have. I think if you ask the average Kentucky fan, because let's say you're saying if he leaves after next year? After this season. Okay, so after 2023. So that would be yeah. 13 full seasons, right? Yeah. yeah. If you had asked the average Kentucky fan in 2009, 13 years from now, if Cal has one national title, would you consider that a success? I would venture to guess that a majority of them would say no. I mean, the amount of Final Fours is irrelevant. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not irrelevant, but it doesn't matter as much as the big prize. That's true. If you were just asking that simple question, Forget about number one draft picks. Forget about making them. Going undefeated all the way to the final four. That 2015 team. Making them the cool program for five years or so. Like, all that stuff. If you just said one national title, almost a decade and a half, is that okay? I think UK fans would say that about any coach. I think they would say no to any coach. I think they expect if you're here for more than 10 years, if you're here for almost a decade and a half, you should produce multiple national titles. So you would say Patino's tenure was a failure? I'm saying that's what I say about UK fans. Okay, okay. I wouldn't say that about Patino's tenure. I mean, when you look at it, it's he won national title in, what, 16 years? Uh, he was here from 01 through, yeah, so 16 seasons. 15 seasons. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I think it still was a success based on where we were when he came in. But if you wanted to make the argument that it wasn't, sure. I mean, Kentucky, like Kentucky was, you know, trying to take it down nets when Cal got here. I mean, they were in NIT the year before. Yeah, but we also, I mean, you're, you're putting me in a position where I have to say it. <laughs> we had two national titles when Rick Pitino got here. Kentucky had eight when John Calipari got or seven when John Calipari got there. Yeah, five of them happened in the 40s. 
Not not when Lil White not worst basketball team ever. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how it's debated because you can't deny the success he had in those first six seasons. No. And they've been it's not like they've been terrible besides one year since then. They'll start how many final fours would it be with four? 11, 12, 13. Well, not 13. They were in the United States. Oh, yeah. 11, 11. So it'd be 11. <clears throat> they went in 11, 12, 12 14. 14, and 15. Yeah. So four. Four Final Fours, one national title. And really only one like horrific flame out in last year to St. Peter's. Now, they had bad losses in the tournament. They, they shouldn't have lost to Kansas State when that bracket opened up for them. You could argue they shouldn't have lost to Auburn in that Elite Eight game. But the St. Peter's one is the one that is always going to just jump out at you. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot depends on how. The last, like, like, whether it's this year or next year, how like how he ends it. Like, if he can get to one more Final Four, maybe it changes things a little bit. If he can win one more national title, it obviously changes things. Obviously. Two, it changes everything for any college basketball coach. But right now, I can see both sides of it. I can see the, he's on the downturn. <clears throat> excuse me. He's on the downslide. His best years are behind him. He's not morphing anymore. He's not adjusting to the new game. He can't win with the most elite level recruits. I mean, his his tenure since well, since being in Kentucky, not one but two coaches won more titles than he did. Yeah, I can also see who's Both going to, who's going to do it better than John Calipari is, which I think is is an important question to ask. Can Eric Musselman be more Calipari than Calipari now? Can Nate Oates be the next Calipari? Like, I you don't have a clear cut answer with any of those. Those guys haven't been to Final Fours. They haven't won national titles. I don't. It's a tough unless you go get Jay Wright, who's not going to go to UK. I'm sorry. You don't have a. You're not going to be able to hire a guy who definitively you can say he's going to be just as good as Cal was I'm at the very Mark least. Few. I mean, I you can't say that about Mark Few right now. Bill Self's the one guy you could hire that you'd be like, okay, I feel pretty good. And they're not going to hire Bill Self. Texture says uh, Tim Sullivan, by the way, is a guest reporter for the Leo. He's not. Guest reporters just in a fancy way of like being like a freelance writer anyway. Yeah, and that's yeah. Texture says in an interview with Tim Sullivan. Uh, yeah, Texture Trevor, you may want to sit down for this, but sometimes Rick Pitino likes to exaggerate. <laughs> Texas Robert Morris was definitely a glaring. Yeah, I, was, I meant NCAA tournament. That was NIT, which it was hilarious. But my favorite part still about that game was when Walls was talking. I can't remember what game it was. Walls made the reference like, "Yeah, we're in the play that they ran Robert Morris against Kentucky." (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Jeff. Texture says, "Thank you. I've rooted against IU ever since because they were the biggest instigator that caused the Powell mess. It's absolutely why I've been telling my friends in social media, don't let IU out of the football games. There's retribution that has to be inflicted. I want to absolutely beat their ass and embarrass them for the next three years in a row. I mean, get to do it once at least this year." Did you say like the stats, like Brom stats versus IU? Like he's seven. Like he was like what, like five and one versus them. And he's very good. He like outscored him like hundred and something to twelve or something. It was some insane number. Texas said, "What happened with Slusher? We announced his transfer on the Louisville Twitter page, and then he transferred to Colorado a few weeks later." The thing with um, transfer portal players, they do sign, but they don't sign the non the, the the binding letter of intent. They basically are free to go wherever they want to until they start. I mean, we had who was the Luke McCaffrey. Like practice, oh, yeah. practice for us a couple of ga- days and was like, I'm out of here. And it was fine. Like it's different than it is with recruits. So that's what happened. He signed with us. He didn't, you don't, you don't even have to ask out of your letter of intent. 
he can just go sign with Colorado now, which is is what happened. And I would assume they made him a, a sweet deal, which is again, fine. It's all above board now. It's all legal, and he's a, he's gonna play for Deion Sanders over there. Wow, man, Louisville and Colorado are gonna be meeting in the, the tournament here. We got we have to clap back now because they took our punter. Yeah, we took the Jacks. We took Kevin Coleman, Jackson State uh, wide Can receiver. Give me still a son. Let's go after Shador. The quarterback. That's the next step now. Oh, oh, dude, has, 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 Tori, has the Hunter kid announced any announcements yet? I don't know. I mean, he can go wherever he question. is. He can play wide receiver defensive back wherever he goes. It doesn't matter. But we He's need a stud. Right? We, we're punching back and forth right now, and they've got the most recent punch in. We got to punch back. We got to do something. Oh, yeah. Can we? We have the same number of Heismans. Can we tell you really? Tad Boyle, their basketball coach. Was Salam the only husband they had? Yes. Sean Salam. Do you remember Sean Salam in the pros? He, cl- he said he, he couldn't he couldn't stop fumbling because he was too high. <laughs> he had a rough go. It was a sad story that ended. ended. That's right. He ended up, he's passed, didn't he? Yeah. He, I forgot about that. It was a very sad ending. I remember reading the story. But he, was, he just, yeah, had a bad, bad run. Texas, uh, quote, how did that team win more last year with all that dysfunction? Question from Trevor. That's him finally realizing that KP doesn't know how to coach the game. <laughs> Very good questions. It's hard. To, it's hard to defend sometimes when you have last year's example. Texted. I never thought that the company of U misery would be UK. I always, always wanted to follow in our footsteps, even if it's being a bitter disappointment. This is the. It's not the worst. Well, it's certainly the worst Louisville season. But for the the, the three teams in this area, for IU, UK, and U it may not. It may not be the worst that we've all collectively been, but this might be the most mad you've had the fan bases all together. Because ah, these fans aren't mad, are they? I mean, I know they just got beat by Northwestern, but they are now. They are massively underachieving. Like did you, we talked about the. Did you see the Trace Jackson Davis letter? The oh, you talking about the one that got sent to by the fan, the handwritten fan. Letter? Yes, yes, I did. I didn't read it all the way through, but I did see. I didn't see what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, they're one and three in the Big Ten now. They've that lost. just sounds like just some racist D-bag, though, anyway. I mean. Well, yeah. But, like, though, I think Indiana fans expected this team to be, I mean, they're, what, preseason Big Ten favorites or co-favorites? Yeah, they, they started hot. I mean, didn't they, didn't they knock off, like, North Carolina or something early in the season or beat somebody good, didn't they? They beat North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but they've lost five games. They're one and three in the Big Ten. They're not as good as the fan base wanted them to be. Certainly, Kentucky had national title aspirations. They don't look national title good at all right now. UofL is swimming in the McNeese state waters. It is, it's a, it's a tough time again, for various reasons, for differing reasons for these three fan bases. Clearly we are in a different conversation altogether than IU and UK, but their fans aren't exactly thrilled right now either. It's uh, are they starting to agree with me that Mike Woodson maybe wasn't the best hire? I don't know if they're, some of them are certainly there. And he's done. And I know he's got his head above water, but it's kind of easy to do when you have an awesome player like Trace Jackson Davis on your team. Yeah, they've got they've got a big game. Like you do you on think all Wednesday. the talent on our roster doesn't equal half of Trace Jackson Davis? Oh, I'm not gonna say that. I will. They they they've got a big game on Wednesday. They play Penn State, who's actually sort of sneaky good. And if they lose that one and fall to one and four, you're gonna have a pissed off Hoosier Nation for sure. Uh, Scooter Dingus says, in all fairness, injuries have killed Indiana. So Scoots still loves. He's on the. West I think side. you know what I think it's Scoots. I think it's karma. Texas says uh, Colorado also took Samaki Walker's son, who looks exactly like Samaki Walker. They did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. He's gone now, though. But he did. He did leave. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he play for? Didn't he play against us this year? No. What was the? What, that was what? the other brother. Oh, okay. He's multiple kids. Okay, yes. I'm a bad. Uh, uh, Jelani went pro after his sophomore season. Got drafted late in the second round. Okay. Um, but he. Who's the team where the other brother played for? We lost to this year. I think it was Florida A&M. No, it was somebody earlier in the season. I thought. 
I don't. I, I yeah. thought it was forward in him, but you can look it up if you want to. His uh, Jabari was the other son who went. Uh, he like they lit up Florida State in the NCAA tournament, which also we can't do. So that's kind of a shot. So Colorado, <laughs> they're winning the battle right now. We got to do something else. Come on, uh, Jabaji Walker is the other son. And he plays for. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't just say. No. <laughs> good, good Google search there. Yeah, he he played for UMass originally. It says App State. Okay, so yeah, I knew it was an there earlier team. Yeah. Texas says, do you think Dion is kind of a douche? <laughs> eh. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't. Think, I think he was more probably more of a douche probably in his playing days than he is now. Probably fair. I mean, he was so cocky. I mean, this is you know the motor. He had the motorcycle stuff, and he had you know the whole Tim McCarver stuff. You know, I know I was kind of more on his side only because I just didn't like Tim McCarver. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Texas, how long will it take for Brom to start throwing chairs? I'd kill to be a fly on the wall in the locker room before the opener. I'm so excited for the first like Jeff Brom about to lose it. I'm so pumped up. Video, I can't wait. It's got to be the first one against Georgia, right? Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, excuse me. Yeah, we've got. I mean. We do play Georgia in a few years. Think about how awesome our video team has been the last few years with a okay product. Like with Jeff Brom, I mean they, they made Scott Satterfield look cool for Christ's sake. <laughs> Jeff Brom is a godsend for these people. They're going to crush it. It's going to be we're going to be running through brick walls have to work half 35 as hard. times a season. It's gonna be I can't wait for it. They're like we're taking a year off. This is cake compared to last year. It's it, look. This is when the now we're on easy street. We put in the work the last four years. Now we're reaping the benefits. Texture says, uh, as a Niners fan, I'm glad we're playing Seattle instead of Detroit. Come on. You should be. Stop saying it. Everybody should be. Why Seattle knock them off? We would have won the Super Bowl. Well, I don't want to go that far. We, we, could, have, have. we could have been Eagles and Lions in the NFC title game. We would have won the Super Bowl. Well, you'd have played us in the divisional, actually, if you'd won that game. We would have won. We're not losing to anybody. Texas, the glaring difference in Cal's recruiting was far and away better than Rick's. I also, I believe Rick's best recruiting class was the one he lost when he got fired. I think that's accurate. Uh, Different we, time as well with the recruiting. I mean, Tino came in and said when you still had kids going straight from high school to pro. Yeah, I mean, just those first four years that he's on the job. True, but it took him. I think it took him longer than that to get adjusted to the the, the way recruiting was because it was he was only gone for three years and a lot changed in those three years. It did for sure. Uh, tonight. National title game. We yeah. mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the segment. Georgia versus TCU. Um, Six thirty is the kickoff, so it's not. What is kicking off in thirty minutes? No, that's got to be the West Coast time. Yeah, there's no way this game's starting before eight. Is it kicking off at nine thirty? Yeah, that sounds more like. Yeah, I was oh, gonna God, say it's gonna end at like one a.m. Oh yeah, you are you shocked at that? Uh, it's kicking off at eight p.m. Eastern time. There you go. That's that's more like it. I thought, I thought more Thank eight, God for I that. thought more 830, 930 sound real. 8 o'clock, ESPN. Georgia's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite right now, Ooh, according to DraftKings. Um, Bulldogs, clear favorites to win back-to-back national titles. Yep. I think if you're looking for a re- – I, I think is going to be able to score on them. I, I do. I think I hope so. Max Duggan's a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. If you're looking for one reason to fully buy into TCU being able to pull this upset. I, here's how I, I, I see this game going tonight. And everybody who's watched a national title game before has seen this happen before. The, the favorite team scores early. Like, Georgia will score insanely quickly. And everybody on Twitter or whatever is going to be like, well, there's the game. Great season, TCU. And, like, maybe it even gets, like, 14 nothing. TCU will score. They will keep it competitive. I think Georgia wins by multiple scores. I'm going to say they don't cover. I'm going to say they win, like, 11. But TCU will put up enough points to keep this interesting. I'll be, I'll be very surprised 
if Georgia just blows the doors off them. But they are better. I'm going to say Georgia, like 45, TCU 34. I think we get kind of similar to the Michigan game or into other great upset games like Boise State versus Oklahoma where TCU jumps up early on a big. I like, like that. Like they're, they're up um, 20 to nothing. Let's say 20. They set up for a field goal. They get defensive touchdown in there. Uh, they start off the opening of the game, Anthony Floyd style, with an interception of pick six uh, against Stetson, Benson, Stetson Bennett or whatever his name is. Um, Terrell Floyd, by the way. Say what? Terrell Floyd, by the way. Was it Floyd? What did I say, Anthony? Yeah, it's okay. one on one. Sorry, buddy. Andy Floyd was a good defensive. Both back. great. Yeah, it was both say, great yeah. players. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think the TC, but you see the, the the comeback like you did at Oklahoma, uh, in that game, and I think they come back on TCU. I think they end up taking the lead late in the third quarter. Uh, I'm gonna pick though, as without the Statue of Liberty play needed, and no reason to to uh, to to propose to your girlfriend if you're the star running back for TCU. Afterwards, but I say TC wins this game. Ooh. 41 to 38. I love it. I love it. I love the prediction. Everyone enjoy the football tonight. Reminder, we're starting 30 o'clock sharp tomorrow. A new era of the Rutherford Show. Why are you pointing at me like that? <laughs> a new era of the Rutherford Show begins tomorrow. Check us out then. Have a fantastic Monday night, everybody. Two, two.